Welcome back to Dev Dive episode 28. I'm your host, Nighthawk. Today, my friend Risty is joining me for a talk about Twitch streaming and the content creator industry. Welcome to the show, Risty. I hope you're having a great day. Hey, I'm doing pretty all right so far. How about you, Brad? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's, it's gl- I'm so glad you were able to come on. Um, you've been sort of in the back of my mind yeah. as a guest for a long time. Um, I've been doing the show for off and on about two to three years now, and I'm like, if I need to get a streamer's perspective on what the heck is going on in the live streaming industry, which is a lot right now, um, I'm like, I need to get Risty on. So a few weeks ago, I sent you a DM. I'm like, all right, fingers crossed. And luckily you accepted. I, I, was, I was that guy. I was that guy. <laughs> that's, that's very humbling to know. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's always a nice thing to know that I'm on the, you know, in the back or the front of someone's mind. Um, and uh I've always struggled with like personal competence issues when it comes to like how I am viewed to other people as a streamer. Um, so obviously this opportunity is like very, very humbling and I'm very, very thankful for it. So yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, let's talk about how we first met. Like this was, I was trying to look this up because I, I couldn't remember how long ago it was, but I couldn't find any physical evidence for it. But it, it was back. <laughs> once upon a time. I think it, it I, was probably between 2016 and 2018, around that time. Um, yeah, I'm thinking like a 2017, like like mid-April type of deal, you know. The, yeah. the, the peak the peak of the old Nighthawk 20,000 uh, streaming, you know, etiquette, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I used to be, I used to be like a real, not a real streamer, but I used to like actually take streaming more seriously back in the day. I used to go live every day, play League of Legends, play video games, um, and... One day out of nowhere, I think Risty showed up with his old name uh, in my stream, and he was he was very supportive of me. I think he you gave me a, a donation and a host, and you were like, "This is awesome! You're doing a great job. Keep it up." And um, yeah. I'm like, "Wow, this is awesome!" I'm like, "I never really had somebody like that before." And I noticed that you were a streamer as well, so I went to watch your next stream, and uh, I forget it was it was definitely when you still had the mask. And we can talk about yeah, that a bit in mask. a second. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it before was. you had really. Um, made the big leap into streaming. You were still kind of streaming as a hobby, and you were mm-hmm. focusing a lot on guides on like Reddit and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but a little after that, you made this big jump, and this is when you sort of rebranded yourself. You made the shift towards I want to make live streaming my career. I want to work on this very seriously. I want to put all my effort into it. So let's talk a bit about that. Like, what made you right. decide to make that change? That's a very, very good question. And um, I, I think about this a lot going back because um, I think we all reflect on the light decisions that we make. And I've made a lot of scary ones over the years. I, I really, really have. Um, so dialing it back, that back in 2017, when I was like considering streaming as a hobby, I was wearing a mask too. The name was Ristia Mask, by the way. It was, it was a super, super uh, hard to remember name because it had two uh, capital uh, double M's in the middle of it. And uh, whenever I would tell somebody verbally, hey, yeah, this is my stream, go and check it out and be like, okay, how do I spell that? And I'm like, okay, let me make sure I write it down for this person because they're probably not going to be able to type it into the URL, let alone remember it. Um, so I, I, it, was, it, was really, uh, it was really just a hobby for me. Um, and then just like, a, just like a switch, you know, when you expect everything in your life to just be going fine and you think everything's going to be okay. And then tomorrow, everything that you take for granted, you think is going to be there. and no, it ended up not being that way. I entered a very, very dark period of time going into 2017. I lost something or someone truly, truly incredibly precious to me. 
And it made me think about where I was going in life and how seriously I was taking things and seriously I was taking myself. I, I tried wondering uh, and wandering around life, just trying to find out my purpose. So like, what, what was I meant to do as a person? And during my time treating uh, streaming as a hobby, I had some of, some of the most profound, enjoyable and entertaining moments, not for my audience, but, but for myself. And it was at that, that point that I said to myself, you know what, I want to take things a little bit more seriously. So I started to uh, rebrand myself. I gained the confidence to be fully in front of a camera without a mask on. And uh, that's how I adopted the name Rist, or some people refer to me as obviously Risty or Ristay or whatever type of nickname that people come up with me. I have so many different variations of it now, and it's interesting to see how uh, people come up with uh, how they receive me for the first time. Um, but I have with all, I've always been wandering, trying to look for that purpose in life. And uh, I think taking this path trying to just keep my head down and to focus on just something, something that I was really enjoying, something I could be proud of, something that I could put my time and effort into. Um, the journey of Twitch was so, so um, just, it was such a great gift to me um, because I've learned so much about myself. I learned so much about my strengths, my weaknesses, how I connected with other people. Uh, those gifts that I've, I've had for a long period of time, like before I even got into streaming, I was an ice cream boy. And before that, I was a Starbucks employee. And I always love greeting people. People always told me, hey, you should work. You should be on the radio because of my, like my voice, right? Or people said you should be, oh, you should work for Disney because you're so great at greeting people. I would literally go ahead and work at Starbucks and I would work at the drive-thru. And uh, when people would go ahead and order their beverage, I would go ahead and like be all official and authentic. And I'd be <laughs> like, hi, welcome to Starbucks. What beverage can I get for you today? And sometimes people would just go ahead and sit in their car thinking I was a pre-recorded message. <laughs> and they wouldn't say anything back. It was, it was the funniest thing. My coworkers could never get tired of it. Um, and I'd be like, hey, uh, what can I get you? And they're like, oh, my God, it's an actual person. Um, so after their order was done, I go ahead and uh, just take the beverage and go ahead and hand out the window. I'd be like, ta-da! And they would just go ahead and smile. And I loved just giving those little, taking those little opportune moments to just forge a really, really uh, impressionable impact on somebody, even if it was just for a few seconds. And then the more and more I streamed, I thought about how I enjoyed that. I'm like, you know what? That's that's what I really love doing. That, that That's the thing that allows me to get out of bed, even crawl out of bed sometimes. Just to be able to do that to someone else and maybe make their day a bit better. That's why I, I think I've stayed on the path of streaming because uh, we live in such an isolated world now with like so much isolation. And thanks to the power of internet and technology, I'm still able to do that for a bunch of people across the world. And I guess today it's what really keeps me going. And I'm going to continue that path for certain. So hopefully that answers it. <laughs> a little bit drawn out there. But, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, you can definitely tell that you're really good at talking yeah. to your stream because it's just like it flows so effortlessly. Sometimes we have people on here who, who struggle to articulate themselves. And actually I actually want to talk about that a little bit because before I started yeah. streaming, um, I had a lot of trouble public speaking. I couldn't keep a conversation going. I couldn't especially talk by myself. Um, and it's part of the reason why I enjoy the podcast format because there's a lot of back and forth. There's a lot of um, opportunities for both people to really voice what they're thinking. Um, but before that, when you're streaming, you have to talk a lot. And if your chat isn't moving fast, and luckily uh, you're in a situation where you have a lot of great people in your community who love and support you. They're there to almost every stream and they, they keep chat going. But I know when you first started out, there's there was times when when it's it's hard to keep the conversation flowing because there's not a lot of people um oh yeah to bounce mm -hmm. that stuff off of 
So back yeah. at the very beginning, I don't know. I know this is a long time ago. And if you can remember, um, yeah. what were like some of the really struggles and hardships of making that transition from I'm going to be streaming as a hobby to I'm going to be streaming as this is going to be my job. This is going to be what I'm dedicating 99% of my day to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the first thing I can tell you is that, you know, um, all my previous like positions in like employment and stuff like that, I had a boss. And when you shift to that point in life, when you're your own boss, um, it's you, you feel initially, it, it's just so liberating. Okay, you can, you can go and do things how you want. You don't have to conform to any type of, uh, you know, procedure or standard. You can be 100% you. And I feel like that's the thing that weighed me down with all my previous jobs, because I had to sacrifice a part of myself to basically meet X, Y, and Z, and to be able to get the job done at the end of the day, end of the day and uh, basically get my paycheck. Um, and it's great at first, but then realizing that you don't have that pressure at somebody pushing uh, you at the back of your, you know, mind, the back of your physical back, and to push you forward and to give you that encouragement or instruction to what to do, it, it can be really terrifying and sometimes very, very crippling. And um, Fortunately, I had a lot of things at my back, pushing and steering. Um, obviously, the pain I was trying to escape, like League of Legends, for example, was a big escapism. Sometimes it is still a big escapism to me, too. So I was able to maybe lose uh, all of that uh, doubt and uh, all of that, that anxiety, I think, because I just was able to focus on just one singular thing. And uh, I, I really used that as my central mainframe, I think, for... Um, just being the person I was back then, which was Rest of the Mask, and today, obviously, as Rest. Um, but yeah, back then, I was only uh, broadcasting uh, to maybe 20 to 30 people. And that's a bigger um, starting point than many uh, streamers. Many aspiring streamers only start out with maybe one or two people. It could be maybe their best friend, maybe their dog. It could be, you know, obviously, <laughs> maybe their mom tuning in or something like that. And that's even that's even tougher for them. It really is. And uh, when you're looking at a chat that only gets maybe a message once every 30 to 45 minutes, maybe even hours, it can be really discouraging to, um, you know, what you want to say, you know, commentary, you know, you want to be obviously presentable, talking to that one random person that might be stumbling across your stream and, and saying hello for the first time because they want to check out a new streamer, you know, the uh, up, up, busted and bu um, bumbling type of streamer. Um, it, it really is tough. Um, and I think for anybody who is looking to maybe try it out as a hobby, um, I would say just you got to come out of your shell. You really don't. And you can't do that any way else but just doing with what you love. I know it can be very, very uh, attractive to jump on maybe the, the trend of topical things or what's trending in gaming. But honestly... I started out playing just uh, League of Legends, of course. I mean, League of Legends is a very popular game. But I played a champion that I thought that wasn't going to get any type of attraction at all. Unless you're like new to the game, play, playing Garen, right? So um, it's, it's just very, very fascinating. But then I realized over the course of time that, you know... After I came out of my shell, after I talked about all the things I was passionate about, you know, I love Majora's Mask, I love, I love video game music, I love League of Legends, I love Garen, I love talking about random stuff, I love, I love dad jokes and all that, that stuff. Once you get out of your shell, I realized that people didn't exactly stay for Garen, it was basically that they were staying for me, because they consider me maybe that friend or that person that could be there for them. They, they, they found an attachment to myself, and I found an attachment to them. And I think realizing that 
maybe understand my place and my leap of courage to basically try to be someone on Twitch because I never thought I could be an entertaining person. I never thought I could be a, uh, you know, a, a person that could keep an audience, right? I used to be such a, such a shy, introverted individual in high school. So like being at the point I am right now to the point where I've at one point streamed to over 50,000 individuals after, you know, uh, winning Twitch rivals, it is so surreal how, things can change in your life and you can be someone that you've never expected in your wildest dreams because you just took a chance and um i always think back to that and to anybody who is looking for their path looking for their moment to leap uh courageously into whatever they want to do whatever they can't stop thinking about i would say go for it because you never know what's going to be on the other side you really can't um and one final thing I want to mention, too, um, because I'm a big fan of wristbands. That's actually how I got my name, actually, wrist, because, uh, you know, I love wristbands. They're like, kind of like modular tattoos is one of my uh, my friend casters told me on Twitch Rivals one day. I couldn't get that out of my mind. Uh, but there's one quote that I really live uh, by, and it's um, a quote from a uh, song by one of my favorite old uh, trance groups, Above and Beyond. And it's from a song called Sun and Moon. And the words basically say, um, the, the lyrics basically go like this. And, and when the uh, big wheel starts to spin, you can never know the odds. If you don't play, you'll never win. And I have that as one of my wristbands that I occasionally put on my arms. And I always think about that. Um, I always think about the concept of taking chances because you can never truly know the odds. It's not like flipping a coin where you're going to get heads or tails. There are exponential uh, outcomes, some that you have never even dreamed of or expected. And uh, that's just that's just a dream chasing one on one. It really is, and um, mm-hmm. I try to never forget that, you know, because it's it's all about that possibility of uh, something great happening. I think. I think yeah. those are some some really great points, and keeping a physical reminder of of a motivation that keeps you working towards something. I think that's something that is totally underrated in in today's society, where people might think of like maybe keeping a a checklist or a to-do list or something like that, but giving just something that you can look at at all times of the day to give you some burst of, Hey, I want to keep making myself better. I want to keep doing this more. That is super underrated. And I definitely recommend that to to everyone. It doesn't have to be something like super obvious, super physical. You can just be something that relates to you personally. Um, But you actually made some great points about, um what it might what some tips might be for people starting out streaming and i want to transition that into more detailed talk about that because i know a lot of people out there especially right now it's a really good time to start streaming right now um we might be reaching the tail end of it hopefully but um Mm -hmm. if you were just starting out today and i know today's landscape is a little different than where it was two to three years ago um you already said you said focus on something that you love come out of your shell a little bit, but getting more down to a technical level, where, where would you start if you were starting out with nothing today? Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, well, let's hope we have a computer, right? Uh, if you, can, we, <laughs> can we agree that we have a computer? Okay. That's yeah, the baseline. Yeah. Computer, okay, that's, hopefully that's... microphone. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully microphone. And honestly, you know, I, I think like when it comes to the concept of like a webcam, there has been so many successful streamers that have started their journey and are continuing their journey today without even being in front of a camera. I, I know one of them, for example, uh, someone who inspires my content, uh, actually much as of late, um, Aki Pitako, who is the uh, renowned uh, 
a Jin OTP. Um, and he has just he has like a uh, rare boy, which is a lizard. He basically has that with a mouse and keyboard, mm-hmm. and that's basically his personification of his uh, gameplay at the bottom right of his elite screen. Um, so it doesn't have to be a webcam either, but. I think when it comes to the streaming business, um, I think if there's any chance that anybody will ever stay and return to your stream, it, again, it's going to be for you. It's going to be for your personality. Um, because you can say to yourself, okay, I I will never be able to create anything unique. I will never be able to be as unique as other people. I will never be able to make a unique content. Um, the games I can play, you know, maybe can be unique, but I'll never be unique. But that I don't think that is true in, in the slightest. We are We are unique. Everyone, everyone is unique in some shape or form. I thought for myself, I was a pretty generic person. And then I realized my uh, unhealthy obsession with dad jokes, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, and how uh, how much I play gear on stream. And then as soon as I started listing more things on my personal uh, checklist in my mind as to who I was as a person, I realized that, yes, I am a, I am unique. I have something to say. I have a story to tell. And um, the more I think about the things that are attached to me as a person, the more I was able to create personal stories to be able to share with my audience when I felt comfortable doing so. And I think the more I opened up about these things, the things that I really love, the things that I love to gush about, just those personal things I loved that I needed to tell somebody about just because they had to be said and I couldn't keep them inside any longer. Um, That's how I was able to stretch out my airtime. You know, obviously, I would be able to compensate in the games I played, of course, but people wanted to know about who I was, you know, what made me tick, what, 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 what gets me out of the bed, and what, what, what keeps me thinking about the great things about tomorrow, maybe. Um, so I think um, a lot of people will say, oh, well, if I go uh, and I go live for the first time, I got to have a script. But it doesn't have <laughs> to be a script. You, you, don't, you don't have to follow a script. You don't have to follow a checklist. You can just be you. You can think about any random thought. You can you can make any comment. I have literally talked about things for over an hour based on one person talking about the most random thing. Uh, for for example, like, uh, um, hey guys, I just came back with a bowl of ice cream. I'll just talk about my uh, my journey as an ice cream boy. You know, honestly, um, like the days of working with my dad because my dad opened up an ice cream shop uh, when I was in uh, Florida for a few years. I was basically a YouTube editor back then at the time, but I had a secondary job. I was serving ice cream. Um, and I would talk about that every single time somebody mentioned ice cream. Um, so you can, it, it really comes down to the concept of improv. Um, but I never thought I was truly good at improv until I started actually trying to do it. And I think improv in itself, which is so versatile and so helpful for creating content right out of the spirit of the moment for streaming. It's, it's just basically pure randomness. You know, I think everybody in their own right can say they're random at a little period of time or some and some shape or form you know i think everyone has it in them and if you let that side out that's where it all begins that's where it starts and that's where you can start you know expressing yourself because that's how i did it and i i truly believe that other people can do it still um so when you're starting out you don't have to play by the script be you but be random and remember that that randomness can go uh, carry you a very very long way so um yeah, I would basically stick to that. Stick to that. You know, don't play don't play by the book. Sometimes you can just write your own uh, chapter, you know, just be random. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I always admired about you, um, and I don't actually have a lot of time to watch Twitch streams as much anymore, but whenever I tune into the Risky stream, something that mm-hmm. I, 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 it always makes a big impression to me is looking at that uptime amount and, and mm-hmm. seeing that you're able to stream for 
hours and hours at a time. And sometimes like, I don't know what your longest stream was that I've tuned in for, but it seems like I'll tune in and I'll come back later. I'm like, oh, he's still streaming. <laughs> um, yeah, I think my longest was like maybe 14 hours, which isn't as long as other people. But I mean, I got to watch myself, too. I've gone to the hospital before for wow. pushing myself way too hard. Yeah, I got admitted for vertigo. So um, I know my limits. I do know my limits, but I have gotten some pretty long streams in before. But please go on. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I was just going <laughs> to say and and um for anyone who isn't familiar with streaming uh and he might work like a regular job like an eight hour shift eight hours streaming is a lot different than eight hours at like a different job and i'm not trying to like make any weird comparisons where it's like oh streaming is much harder than something because it's obviously super different mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but it is being online um and i use that term in a weird way that people have sort of uh associated with streaming a lot more recently is being available to an audience of people who for your uh, situation is in the hundreds, sometimes thousands. And that is a weird, weird situation to be in because you have to be um, cognizant of what you're saying, what you're doing. You are obviously, like you said, always trying to be entertaining. You're using that improv uh, improvisational skills that you've developed to keep this, large community of great people entertained for a long time and it can be super draining uh, i definitely recommend anyone who is starting out streaming if you want to know what it's like streaming for eight hours just try to do an eight hour stream even if it's just with you and your friends um it wears you out <laughs> i guarantee you most of you will get tired after maybe two to three hours maybe four uh, and then of course there's some people out there who can handle the longer streams like you eight, eight to ten hours but uh, me personally after four to six hours and i streamed for a year and a half pretty much consistently every day. Um, I never got used to it. I just never got into the whole long, long stream. Thing. Um, and it, it always made a big impression on me when I'm, I'm looking at Risty and I'm like, wow, he can really work on this project every day or pretty much every day for this amount of time. Um, so I wanted to point that out because you don't necessarily have to stream for a long time every day to, to, improve at your hobby or and improve at what you want your job to be but it definitely doesn't hurt <laughs> as long as you're being a good streamer yeah. during that time um i actually wanted to yeah. cycle a little bit unless you had anything else you want to talk about that because i know that you have a lot of feelings about this sort of thing you know, when it comes to like the topic of worth ethic, uh, ethic right like mm -hmm. putting yourself out there and like trying to go that extra mile um it's it's really tough i'm conflicted about it all the time um and i always think to myself okay well i could be i could be going on for a few extra hours and maybe maybe be 50 percent, or i could try to condense things you know keep the show really really concise and be 100 percent. and i always still struggle with that and my audience my audience uh would just love to be me be there all the time you know if i'm comfortable doing so they'd be like oh risk don't worry about it you know as long as you're in front of the camera I don't mind what you're doing. You could be playing Minesweeper and making a turn every two hours, but I don't care. I'll be here just che cheering you on, having a good time, you know? Um, I would not play Minesweeper that slow, by the way, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> Sometimes you have to think about where the mine is. I mean, the game the game itself is, like, so nerve-wracking, to be honest. Um, I don't know how some people speedrun that game, to be honest, um, but I don't know. They have uh, definitely some crazy courage. They can think very quickly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, thank you very quickly in tenseful situations. Um, 
it's it's tough because like uh, going eight hours and you you know you want to be able to get up you want to stretch you know you want to be able to like stop talking for a second so you can think about everything you said but it's kind of like that um it's kind of like like a, maybe a brain performance or play with no um intermission basically the show has to keep going on right mm-hmm. and if you the more you think back the more it's going to go ahead and, and kind of like uh clog up your current state of thinking um so it can it can definitely be very very overwhelming. I remember I, like my first ever stream, I was talking like three hundred miles a minute, and uh, like this isn't good in general for me because I talk very fast as a person sometimes when I'm trying to get. I'm like one of those persons that uh, you know if I want to talk about something and really convey a point super quickly, but I have so much to say about it, I will literally just talk like nonstop, like uh, like two times basically the speed of the, what I normally would say. It, it's it, it's crazy to pace yourself. And it's also really difficult to tell yourself to get up, to get a beverage, and to even have like a meal on stream. That's something that I'm still not really truly comfortable with. Just, you know, hey, guys, I'm going to go get some food really quickly. Or let me get out of my chair and then come back with like some chicken tenders or something, then eat that in the middle of being silent. And then everyone's mm-hmm. still present there with me on their computers or handheld devices. It's something I've had to fight you know, internally for a very, very long time, just giving myself a break. And I was at that one period of time where I just said I didn't want to go ahead and take extended breaks. I didn't want to go ahead and, um, you know, take multiple days off and things like that. Even going to TwitchCon, even visiting my grandma in Florida, I was dealing with stream withdrawals. I'm like, okay, I'm losing the person I am. And I thought about the all the, all the individual numbers attached to it, like my subscriber count. Um how many follows I was getting in my feed, you know, the people commenting on my YouTube videos and to be away from my work setup that really ate at me. I was trying to go ahead and have a genuine time being able to visit my grandmother in Florida because she lives down there. But that was something that was even eating at me. Once you become in the grind and it just encompasses such a large portion of your life, it can be very, very overwhelming. Um, So my best advice is to, Anybody who has that dear friend or family member that says, hey, are you doing okay? Hey, uh, when's the last time you've taken a break? Do not, please, 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 please do not ignore those individuals. Do not invalidate anybody's concern for you because um, I have neglected so many friendships being uh, trying to be the streamer that just puts everything aside to reach uh, my goals. I've done that multiple times in the past. And I've truly regretted it. Um you are you can accomplish great things no matter what you do uh, no matter what you put your time into uh, but even in the realm of content creation you need to take time for yourself at some point you need time to be i need the time to be the person other than rest to be able to feel think um to be able to experience other things um and not think about all the numbers that are attached to who i am as a person um and I did that, and I ended up doing that last year. I took a several, uh, like a month and a half break, actually, away from streaming. And it was very, very tough for me to do. Um, but I think now that I've experienced that, I'm able to go ahead and occasionally get up, be able to walk away for a little bit and come back with a fresher perspective. So um, you don't want to run your days on empty. You really don't. You got to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, too, because the more concern that grows for you, for you, uh, you from your audience, your loved ones, um, it really um, can weigh on you until the point where everything just around you breaks. It really does. Definitely. So don't don't be that. I definitely yeah. want to dive a little deeper into that later in the show. I want to talk about okay. the the analytics driven mindset a lot because yeah. I, I have I have a lot of I I think I have some perspective on that from the other side where um, it didn't pan out as well for me. So I'd love to talk about it a little later. 
But I actually do yeah, want to talk yeah. about something a little bit more upbeat right now because this is okay. something uh, you're you may be one of the most positive people I know, uh, both in game and on stream and as a person. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. And especially right now, and I know this isn't really been a massive change over the past few years in Twitch, but it seems like negativity and, and, and this sort of toxic mentality has been growing in the Twitch culture and the Twitch community for a long time. So I want to know how you deal. And this goes for in game too, because we both know <laughs> that League of Legends can be a pretty negative game. Um, but let's take, let's take one at a time. And, and how do you deal with this negativity, um, in your stream and in the Twitch community personally? So we're going to, we're going to talk about the Twitch community first. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to maybe like talk about myself first, because I think whenever like I come across another individual in terms of talking about me, myself, they'll always say like, Oh, wrist. Oh, he, uh, he's, he's a cool guy. You know, he's, he's really positive. Uh, I've never seen him in a bad mood. He's just like, I don't know how he does it. He does all this, this, uh, positive league streaming, you know, he never gets tilted. He never gets angry. You know, is he even human? Is he, he might be a gosh darn robot for all we know, you know, like, how does he do it? And, um, like, I, I want to talk, can I talk about like, like how I think about that? Cause I, I really just want to talk about that. Um, like I I'm a human and you know, I've I had a really, really bumpy life growing up. It was not it was not pretty in any shape or form. I know what the other side is like. I I really, really do. Uh, because I was there experiencing it firsthand, you know. Um when I when I think of positivity, um it, it's not like something that is like maybe like a permanent part of us. <laughs> uh it's something that we like are chasing almost like uh i think Th thomas jefferson uh declaration of independence uh talked about like the pursuit of happiness uh which is ending which is a really really good movie by the way uh will, will smith and his son um one of my favorite <laughs> movies actually um but i always think about that too when it comes to positivity something that you have to pursue because it's not it's not static it's not forever it's not eternal it's something that you're always trying to hold on to, to fight for your dear life, you know, something that you always are looking to, to have it grow and to, to nurture, to nourish. And I've always thought that was like a part of myself because um, as a content creator, you have so many choices as to who you conduct uh, yourself with, who, uh, who you are in terms of conducting as yourself, right? The choices you make uh, that basically uh, add up to be the person that you are. And you have all these choices that can trickle down to positive and negative receptions. And this even comes down to content creation. It comes down to content creation on several platforms through Twitch, uh, YouTube. And um, walking that path of positivity is not easy in any shape or form. Um, it, it's tough, you know, especially when like times are very, very tough right now. It can be very, very hard to hold on to hope. But I always want to go ahead and remind people, too, that it's not I, I'm not like this uh, perfect positive individual i have my bad days um even if i may not show that always i've had my struggles before i've had my tragedies i've had my pain i was not born from the womb a positive shimmering individual and that was just my fate you know i i i realized realized what i wanted i saw a glimpse of it and i said to myself you know what that's what i want i choose to be positive even if some days it's so difficult to hold on to because of everything crumbling around me, I choose to live a positive lifestyle because that's who I want to be, right? 
Um, it's it's not because I, I was born with a prerequisite X, Y, and Z and I'm compatible. You know, it's not like I have perfect IVs because I was a perfectly hatched Pokemon. It's not that at all. It's because I saw what the other side's like and I'm like, you know what? I want some of that. I'm going to get it. Um, and it, it's it's like I, I very, very much have to thank my reminders in my life and my, the wristbands that I hold and the great people in my life too. Um, but for anybody who wants to be positive, if you try to, to do it and you try to spark that positivity and you end up losing it, don't lose hope. Um, sometimes positivity is a spark that you have to keep lighting over and over and over until it kindles and it like sustains and nourishes and it, it stabilizes and you can actually keep it alive, just like a flame, just like a campfire, right? Um, you don't want to... You don't want to let it go, of course, but some days the wind's going to come. It's going to knock knock you over, and it's going to knock it's going to knock the spark out, of course. Um, so try to try to hold on, of course, but always just try, keep trying. It, it's it's not going to be easy, of course. It's so easy to be the other thing, of course, right? It's so easy to be like a pessimistic, cynical individual that just gives up and just dismisses everything that's happening in the world and to not have any optimism towards anything. It's it's so easy just to go ahead and give up and just be like that. And I think, you know, obviously we'll talk about League of Legends. You know, this, this is very, very easy to embrace that mindset in League 2, right? Um, but I just want to acknowledge all the individuals on Twitch because I know that I'm not the only one out there. I'm not. And there's some great individuals, like I've met uh, wonderful individuals like Sekuno and Lily Picho, um, that also spread their own brand of positivity and, and comfort. Um, I, I want to acknowledge those people because uh, I'm not the only one out there. There are other people fighting for their own happiness, fighting for their own positivity, choosing to be something else other than the easy, uh, encompassed way of how they could have been if they chose to just give give up on the things that kept them, that kept them the lights in their life and and such mm-hmm. um so um i would just wrap it up by saying you know um anybody who's looking to be a positive streamer i i acknowledge you i see you uh don't give up if that's who you truly want to be and that's who you would truly love then f- fight for it it has to be fought for it has to be yeah and i i really resonate with what you were talking about when you were saying that it's so easy to give in to that cynicism and that negativity because I, I oh, definitely yeah. struggle with that personally. I, mm-hmm. When I sit down and I don't interact with people, and, and another reason why I started this podcast is that it's one of my outlets to get socialization with many different types of people, many different people. Because mm-hmm. right now, and my personality has always been very closed and reserved, so I don't get out a lot. I don't get to talk to a lot of people outside my friend groups. So mm-hmm. talking to people like you is, is a really great refresher into my brain to keep myself from descending into that that pit of cynicism and negativity because like you said, it's so easy to fall into it. It's so easy to look at somebody and say, Oh man, they have it so great because of this, or they're only doing that because of that. And just, just dismissing everything because you're a miserable person. (laughs) I'm sorry, (laughs) but um, it's, it's super easy. And I think that is definitely a big part of why um, these attitudes have taken over because when you're a negative person and a, and a cynical person, and I don't want to say like everyone is negative or cynical, but when you have fallen into that trap of these emotions, um, it's super easy to resonate with people who are not only putting out that same vibe of negativity and cynicism, they're doing it on a level where it is popular. It is, it is what's mm-hmm. in, it's what's cool. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. name any names because I don't want to, 
be that person, but there's a culture of um, criticism, intense criticism, uh, negativity, sort of this, everything that this company or this streamer or this person does is never good enough. They're just being fake. Um, and that's being vomited out there by, by a large group of people. Um, and I think the reason that, and I don't want to, I don't want to say that they're doing it because they're these terrible people, but it's, it's what's popular for them. It's what gets them the, the numbers to go up. And I think that that is something that is damaging, really damaging to the Twitch community, to the League of Legends community, and to even people's personalities, especially in this time of intense physical and, and mental anguish for a lot of people. Um, is, would you would you agree that that's why you think uh, toxicity and negativity are so popular like, on, on on Twitch right now? I I think maybe they go hand in hand. I I would definitely believe that there is a causality to what you're saying, um, mm-hmm. and I definitely believe that it does hold water. Um, I I think like streaming and just um, being in front of a camera, being live. It, it's been escapism, as I said before, for many uh, years for myself, but it's been escapism most definitely for a whole bunch of other people. Um, when when someone is genuine in how they're feeling and they let their emotion out on camera, that can relate to a lot of people. And Twitch caters to a very, very competitive gaming market. <laughs> it's the place to watch almost any competitive gaming competition. I think, um, obviously, there's a few rivals, but Twitch is definitely the mainframe for that, especially esports and all that. And uh, it holds a lot of house. It houses a lot of competitive games, and those games do not come without the emotions, the anguish, the the the, the triumph behind it. And there are a lot of streamers that, that follow that suit and obviously express those emotions. And it, I think, what the reason why it engages so many people and people are attuned to that, and people um, enjoy that content. It's because they can relate to it. They can relate to that struggle, even even if the the uh, the the message itself might be negative. As long as it still relates to the person that they've gone through, it can hit home in many different ways. And um, it's it's a path that has led to a lot of success with a lot of streamers, as as we said before. You know, obviously we won't name these individuals, um, you know, because they're out there. You guys you guys know who they are, of course. Yeah. Um, and. It, it can be difficult for a streamer too to decide themselves about what what path they would want to walk towards because um, I feel like there's there it's like maybe like a like a black and white thing uh, nothing in between right either either you're positive or you're not you're super negative and toxic um, that means you can't be positive at all right but no people are always constantly changing and. Uh, you know, the person you were maybe months ago or maybe even a year ago doesn't exactly describe it or, you know, um, define who you are as a person today, of course. Um, but I, I think I think there's always going to be yin. There's always going to be a little bit of yin to the yang. There's always going to be light with darkness, of course. I'm not getting too metaphorical here, of course. But I, I think um, that divor- the diverse culture and personality attitude um is always going to be there on twitch but you know it makes me happy to see that there is enough uh maybe not enough representation but there is representation for the positive out there and there can Mm -hmm. always be more um there can always there can always be more hopefully so hopefully uh so um but i've seen some very very um wonderful people that have such genuine kindness just soar to numbers that i could have never believed 
uh and obviously one of the one of my friends uh would be uh Saikuno. he went from uh streaming with just a few hundred people to the numbers of of a giant that he is today um and i couldn't be happier for him of course and then um my my friend ashley uh ashan law has also been able to grow very very uh, incredibly on twitch recently um it it's it's definitely um humbling to to know that um that twitch has love and appreciation for the people who fight to be who they are to to have a brighter image um but it does make it interesting. It does make it interesting for all our newer and future up and coming streamers about what paths they want to choose and walk because there are there's two different there definitely are two different uh, polarities for certain. Um, and to anybody watching that is trying to figure out their own path if they choose to be a streamer themselves, um, no matter what path you walk, obviously as long as you're engaging with your audience, um, you know success success is definitely waiting for you. I would say. Um, but I definitely do acknowledge that there is two sides, of course, and I'm happy that we're seeing more representation uh, for passive streamers, especially those putting out a brighter image. So yeah. I'm hoping that answers that question. Kind of went all <laughs> over the place with that one. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> no, it's great. It's I, I think um, the most power that a viewer has is to give support to p- people that they agree with in terms of how they're mm-hmm. acting and how they're uh, presenting themselves. So if, if you don't want oh, yeah. to, you, the viewer, don't want to lends power to people who you don't agree with in terms of the image they put out and the behavior that they put out. Um, the strongest thing you can do is just don't give them that number. Don't give them that view. Um, and it's, it's hard when you can look at somebody uh, who is putting out all this negativity and all these, um, these, these mannerisms that you may not agree with. Um, and you may try to fall into the trap of, of trying to criticize them personally or, uh, go out of your way to be like hate on them. It, it never works out because it just leads to this endless cycle of negativity where they they take that and they're like, oh man, the, all these people hate me. Um, I must be doing something right, or I must be doing something that makes people pay attention to me. So this is where I want to go, and I want to keep going on this path. And it's not, yeah, necessarily something that you want to encourage. It ends um, up creating more engagement. It it really yeah. does. I like I, I always agree with the people who say like any publicity is good publicity, you know. Because <laughs> um, I've known firsthand all these streamers that have gotten to a lot of controversy and their numbers have only gone up as a result. <laughs> so once you throw somebody into onto the discussion table in the grand realm of the internet, it's only going to create possibly good things for them. Um yeah. yeah. Uh, that that's how a lot of streamers have started out. That's a lot of streamers came to be known as the people they are because they did something that many people may have disagreed with. Um, but we know that story for a lot of different individuals. We won't have to go into any individual <laughs> people, of course. But you know, obviously, you guys can probably think of a few. Yeah. Yeah. So, so in a hypothetical situation, let's just explore this for a minute. Uh, if you were in a position okay. of any sort of power at, at a company like Twitch or YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think, if anything, should should be done to sort of like curb this growth of this toxic mentality and these these negative communities? Or do you think it's better just to leave it alone, ignore it, and try to work work on uh, focusing on the positivity or at least the non negativity? <laughs> and I know okay. this is a tough okay. question, but. I'd love to dive into. I it, have yeah. I have some thoughts about you know like maybe Riot Games and all the other game companies that I love. Possibly mm-hmm. uh, should we should we keep that separate or we're just Let, let's talk, talk about, about that after we've after we finish yeah. the conversation about Twitch. Yeah. Um. 
So I, I think I'm not going to go out and deliberately say that Twitch doesn't promote positivity and doesn't promote, you know, awareness and people of diverse culture or, you know, um, they don't promote representation with smaller gaming communities or games that just don't have as much traction as like maybe the next big AAA title or the most competitive esports game. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to really say that. Um, and I, I think this get, gets us into a pretty great area about how Twitch policies streamers that obviously step out of line, streamers that do things that obviously break maybe their own TOS, but obviously create a lot of like a lot of controversy in communities to the point where it incites action and it really leaves communities in quite uh, a heap of disarray. Um, I, I honestly think that um, I, I love being on Twitch. But I think in a platonic relationship with, obviously, this the platform that I stream on, I also have to acknowledge um, the people, you know, such as, you know, Void Boy, who took his own personal uh, stances in a public term of, you know, going against Riot Games and what they've been doing in terms of policing players in their games. Um, I have to acknowledge the people that are still not content with how Twitch is running things as a whole, um, because it seems that... Uh, our role basically um, is going to be effective and um, obviously policies people, you know, in one uh, particular quadrant at some opportune time. And then it doesn't seem to be present in another opportune, uh, another opportune moment or an opportune moment. In. Um, I think Twitch has done a lot of great things, but I know Twitch has such a long way to grow. And I really, really hope they do so. I, I, I try sometimes thinking about individual answers about how, um, you know, possible, like really, really concerning things can grow on, on Twitch's platform because obviously we have in-house so many streamers that draw that type of controversy. Uh, and it, it, it's tough because I understand that they're a company too. They want to make money. You know, It's hard for them to send away a streamer uh, that just yields hundreds of thousands of viewers on a nightly basis, right? Um, so it's sometimes difficult for me to embrace that uh, concept of their their company too. You know, it's yeah. not just about their mission statement, but they're also looking for a number to reach at the end of the day too. And I sometimes wish things were different. I wish maybe there was some sort of streaming utopia that could be like you know just like a free free platform uh, that didn't have to be attached to any type of uh, model, and that you know maybe that would transcend Twitch. But I, it's not there. It, it's it's really really not there. Um, I don't know if I would get. I, would, I don't know if I would make a good CEO. You know, Ben. I just don't know if I would. <laughs> um, I, I've tried studying business. I've tried. I've tried uh, taking business classes. I've tried getting higher uh, positions in businesses. I've tried being a business salesman. I I don't know if I would be a good CEO. But I will say that Twitch definitely still needs to grow. They they do. Yeah. They need to learn from their mistakes. They need to they need to speak up about their mistakes. They need to acknowledge their mistakes especially uh, in terms of uh, acknowledging what the community is talking about. And I hope they continue to do. If they don't, um, I will not turn a blind eye to it. I won't. Um, my my journey as a streamer doesn't mean it's my journey on Twitch. You know, obviously, as other streamers have moved to other platforms, too, in their own personal um, disagreements with uh, Twitch itself, um, I, I think that's very, very uh, motivating for other people who have something to say that they just can't keep bottled up right um but yeah i i would definitely say that twitch needs to pick up on some things uh in general um 
And honestly, I, I, I mean, I, I know maybe this might not be uh, fiscally possible, but I, um, the people sometimes when I see a, a staff member in a big Twitch stream, I'm like, oh, that's cool and all, but like, I would love those guys to go ahead and pop up in the small streams too. Uh-huh. I would love to, for them to commu- uh, connect with the small communities just to go ahead and say, hey, you know, welcome to Twitch. We're here. You know, maybe send me a message sometime if you have a question. You know, um, because when I started out as a Twitch streamer, I did not get any Twitch staff ever popping up into my stream until maybe I was in Twitch Rivals and I actually watched, won the whole gosh darn thing. And their own their own platform hosted me, you know, and that, that was cool and all. Um, and it was tough, you know, there's, there's, there's thousands of people who might start a stream on a, you know, uh, on a whim. And probably more so now than ever, right? Because this Definitely. is just the time to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but any Twitch staff... Um, that are possibly watching this this podcast uh and you guys do visit the smaller streams i want to tell you that that really, really does make a difference it's the show that transparency and the show that effort that you're there for the smaller guys because i think um that would help curve a lot of cases that really turn into problematic things um just to show that you're there and and, and not that you're just watching but you're supporting as well yeah i think so. um it's really impactful like you said if, if even if these people are able to go through and visit 10 small streamers a day i don't know um obviously yeah. the, the the staff model and the admin model on twitch is is focused on policing tos and stuff like that but they're oh, also yeah, there yeah. to spread a sense of community and, and like you said give people something to work towards um encourage them with their mm-hmm. growth so i think that's an excellent idea um and i think what you said earlier about how you don't think you could be somebody big in business. I don't think that's your fault. I think it takes a certain kind of um, mechanical like brain to succeed in business where a lot of people, uh, especially with, with a very empathetic mindset, like you, like yourself and like mm-hmm. many streamers out there, it's hard to, it's hard to transition to that sort of thinking process. Um, I could so, go on for hours about that. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk a bit more about the the toxicity in league and and uh, the oh, league yeah. streaming community because I think we can talk a lot about that. <laughs> um, let's focus first on on streaming league, and then we'll talk about where Riot can maybe make some positive changes to encourage uh, a better streaming environment for their community. Okay, sure. Uh, where where Okay, where where should we begin? Okay, um, Let, let's talk about we, we can, we can... your experience in League of Legends, starting from being a high elo player itself, and not just mm-hmm. a streamer, just being in a, a very engaged League of Legends player. Great, great. Okay, so uh, I'll talk about my story a little bit. So I started a YouTube channel. It was my old YouTube channel back in 2016. Um, this is when we had the old honor system. Now, for anybody who doesn't play League of Legends. Riot Games had two iterations of the honor system, which is uh, kind of like concept in uh, online gaming where you basically are acknowledging people that go a little bit uh, beyond the normal step and maybe are a little bit more exemplary in how they conduct themselves, aka not telling people to commit Sudoku (laughs) or basically referencing their mother and stuff like that. You know, all that jazz. Um, It was a really, really vague system because there was uh, four different types of commitments, uh, basically, for players who went above and beyond. There was the great leader, the great helper, the great teammate, and the honorable opponent. And those were were, uh, uh, administered, basically, on getting a certain amount of uh, honor points, uh, which would be distributed to teammates 
uh, after games and then from your opponents too if they actually thought that you know this guy's actually pretty cool i just i just beat his butt into the ground but it's okay he's a pretty cool dude he didn't take it as hard um <laughs> so it was so vague and i ended up figuring out like okay um if i actually choose to be a more sportsman like player i've gotten several ribbons on certain accounts because that's what they were called the ribbons mm-hmm. um i made a guide just, just um, to interrupt you for a second there because i yeah. hate to break your flow but the ribbon system was hilarious um there was basically four ribbons there was the the good teammate good listener or yeah. something like that, and then the honorable opponent ribbon and then there was a ribbon yeah. for if you had all four of those um and yeah, i never yeah. was really back in the day when i played league of legends i i wasn't a negative person but i didn't go out of my way to be like oh good good game everyone enjoy i was just basically a silent player in in the chat and i was able to no, achieve a- the 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 pinnacle ribbon which is like all five ribbons and i'm like really how did i, really? How did I get this <laughs> um i even yeah, have so the sp- um there's like an icon associated with it i'm pretty sure um, yeah 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 if you got one of the ribbons, you got a summoner icon. So it's it's kind of it's it, it's a little like surreal and also kind of uh, depressing. How sometimes like the bare minimum of just like not typing anything at all is worlds <laughs> better than the average like player that they're playing now. Oh my god, it's it's it sometimes makes my head spin sometimes. And not just because I'm Gary May, by the way. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, oh, League of Legends is definitely have has a realm of history with toxicity, and the first honor system was definitely a hit and a miss. But I want to go the extra mile. I want to explain to people um, that you can be honorable. You can get these rewards. They're not super vague. They're not just handing them out randomly with an RNG algorithm. You know, you can actually earn this. And you know what? I made a guide on YouTube. It ended up yielding over 100,000 views, or actually like maybe even quarter of a million. And I explained it in detail. And like it was like a 15 minute video and i got like um i got to like some pretty like genuine topics of like the impact of like being nice to other people in a video game but you know what the core message of that video was if you just be a nice person you're gonna get the ribbon that's it like literally i could make a five second video and maybe if i if i made that five second video though people wouldn't have watched it you know what's what's really funny? Since I made it a 15-minute uh, video and I made it into like a PowerPoint presentation, I was talking about all these different metrics about, okay, this this gives this ribbon, this gives that ribbon. For some reason, people watch that version. But if I told them, <laughs> oh, it's just as easy as being a nice person, they're like, oh, okay, this guy's, this is clickbait. I'm going to go and turn <laughs> this off, right? It's it's so insanely confusing. And it just makes, it just makes me uh, giggle inside. It really does. Uh, but that's all it was. That's all it was. Um, and I think that's how I started out my journey as a YouTuber, actually, which translated into my Twitch audience. I was, I was like the honor ribbon guy. I told people, hey, if you're supposed to be like in League, you can get the ribbon. And people were looking to watch those videos. I even took a challenge. Uh, this is back when I had the mask. I actually tried to get a ribbon in ranked. It was like a, uh, it was like a basically like an edited series, like maybe like when Ducky like montages his videos. Uh-huh. Um, but obviously, like, you know, being me, you know, my goofy self, um, I tried proving to my audience that you could get a ribbon in rank just playing nothing but Teemo. You know, one of the <laughs> one of the league's most infuriating infuri- uh, champions. I didn't end up doing it in about like I think at eight episodes with like I think like twenty seven games, twenty seven rank games, and it was very very eye opening for people. Um, and I tried going that extra step to show the community because I know Riot Games wasn't really doing that, and I kind of felt sad about that. So I was literally I was literally um, trying to be 
nice to players uh, based on my own choices, just because that's how I want to conduct myself. But I also want to show other people too that you know that maybe there's some uh, extra reward in uh, being a decent human being when it comes to conducting yourself and playing with other people too. Um, but Riot Games got rid of the system. They didn't. Yeah. They got rid of Dominion too. I was literally <laughs> playing the, the co-op versus AI beginner mode for Dominion, and I was teaching people how to play the game. Because I saw what was happening with uh with uh Twisted Treeland. I'm like, okay, wait, this isn't good. They might get rid of this this uh, game mode and, and they ended up doing it. Like it, it broke my heart. Um and I, I was very sad for a long period of time because I love playing Dominion. Like if Dominion was still around today, um I would be that Dominion streamer. I would be that <laughs> thirty five average viewer guy just streaming Dominion, just having the craziest time of my life because of the music. The, the gameplay, uh, it, it, it's hard to describe for anybody who doesn't know League now. Maybe they, they'll be prompted to go and look it up, but there was just something so surreal and so different about it. I know I'm going off topic. I, I, I'm just kind of gushing right now. But you know what? This is <laughs> this is streaming. You know, you talk about one thing, and it just like it's you just go off the rail right out of the spur of the moment, just like that. You would not um, be the first person on the podcast to go off on tickets. Do not worry. <laughs> this is sort okay. Of I'm glad. I'm glad. The, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting the, nervous. I'm like the embodiment of the show. <laughs> That's fantastic. So they this, so they reworked the honor system, and I think like the whole perception of it to this day is like, man, it, it's not really an honor system nowadays. It's it's kind of like an almost like an MVP system, kind of like how like oh this person carried, he went twenty kills, we're gonna yeah. give him GG because yeah. he's the one who got me the LP at the end of the day. It's not an honor system, it's it's an MVP system, and I could I could really just go ahead and sit on the serious void boy style and just talk about this, um, but. I want to personally thank every single League of Legends streamer who acknowledges that it, it's it's not going to be an honor system that fixes the League of Legends community. It's it's just not at least not the system that we have out right now. It it's us. Anybody who chooses to conduct themselves as a positive person, or even somebody who even doesn't even have to be like all sunshine and rainbows and not optimism and positivity and be like, okay, guys, we got this. We got this next one, all that jazz. Yeah. If they just go ahead and play the game without being an a-hole. Um, I have respect for those people too. Like League of Legends is a game that can really get a grip over your emotions and it can be very, very easy to succumb to that too. Um, but to have that drop of restraint to be able to go ahead and just step away for a second, to walk away, do something else and to take a break. I have a lot of respect for those individuals. And I try showcasing that to my audience, too, that you can have control over yourself when playing the game. And I don't do that because that's the person I, I, I want to be. I want to be proud of that. But I also want to try to help other people do that, too, because I know it's a problem. I know it's a problem. If, if, I, had, if I had a uh, license to be a, a psychiatrist, I would probably have a specialized office for online gaming. And I would go ahead and seek, uh, I would basically only uh, point patients that basically have online gaming problems. That would that would be that would be my niche. Who knows? Maybe I even, might even do that in the future. I don't know. Um, it's that kind sort of, of reminds me too. of um, I don't yeah. watch him very much, but Doctor K has. Yeah, I don't Dr. think Gang. it's like he focuses a little bit more on like the streaming uh, problems, but I think that's that's yeah. something that is nice to have on the platform. Somebody who he covers a lot of topics. I mean, yeah. of course, he he has his license. You know, he went to Harvard, I think. So <laughs> he's obviously going to be much more of a professional than I am. But I think where I lack in official documentation, I can probably make up for an experience because I've played thousands of games of League of Legends. I know it's intense. I know it's tough. Um, 
And I've been burnt out from the game. I've I've argued with people in like before that maybe I shouldn't have taken that extra step with of course I've never told anybody to kill themselves or commit Sudoku or an install or referencing their mom in any sense. But I've I've felt that frustration before because it's you're trying to with Silicon matchmaking, you're getting paired with four other teammates and you're trying to make a team mm-hmm. a team. I, I almost like a like a pseudo uh construct uh representation of what it's like to actually play in competitive league with esports and all that jazz which we can definitely talk all about that soon but that's what Silicu tried it's like, almost like a like a mock it's like a mock esports type of thing you know getting paired with teammates and you think everything's going to go all right in your head everything's going to pan out just fine the team comp that locked in with uh full ad and no crowd control is going to go just great but it doesn't everyone's pointing the finger everyone wants to scapegoat and uh, some people do it for the wrong reasons. Some people do it just to go ahead and avoid their own blame, to avoid their own mistakes, to say in their head, no, I didn't do anything wrong in that game. It was my teammates. My teammates are the ones that are holding me back from completing this group project, this school assignment, because I don't have this whole free day to just go ahead and do the whole thing by myself, you know, right? Um, it, it's it's really tough. I think it's a, a battle that um, I fight every day because I understand, too, the alternative. I could easily choose to be a toxic league of legends streamer i could choose to embrace that frustration i could choose to embrace everything around me in terms of blaming my teammates going ahead and stirring up controversy by just saying oh this player is complete trash Mm -hmm. and uh, that opens up so many doors of opportunity for me because yes the league of legends streaming community has individuals who you know walk that path right um I've gotten hosts from very, very um, questionable individuals that I ended up earning a lot of followers with, but I had to send them away because they just didn't fit the community I had. Yeah. I had to, I had to, I had to visibly make that choice. I had to consciously make that choice because I wanted to preserve the community. Um, and I think, it, like when it comes to like negativity versus positivity in League of Legends, I think we can all agree that negativity has like the, the vast, overwhelming majority. If you want to start out as a League streamer, that's that's something. That's okay. That's that's commendable. If you want to start out as a positive League of Legends streamer, oh my gosh, you child, you are literally playing Dark Souls mode. By God. Um, so I want I want to ask you a question, and yeah. you can answer. You cannot answer. Um, okay. What level of responsibility do you think? Twitch streamers and content creators, influencers, we'll just use the blanket term, have over generating a positive change in a games community like League of Legends. Do you think that if we were in a world where certain streamers didn't exist or if they did exist, they didn't exude the level of um, behavior that they do, do you think that would make a, a, a noticeable impact on the culture in this game? Because I know this is like the broadest question ever, and I know there's no definitive answer because it's a what if. But in your it personal opinion, question. what would, what well, would I can kind of I I can kind of relate to what I see as like the current state of affairs with this game and the streaming community, and I do see the impact. I've I've witnessed, and this is if you guys want to know a super easy way to go ahead and, and to see the same type of wavelength that I'm putting out right now on this subject, um, like. Do you remember? Do you remember the whole like "damn Daniel" meme? Do you do you remember that? Like, remember that, oh my yeah. god, people were typing that in like nonstop for two weeks. Anytime, anytime somebody screwed up, "damn Daniel," where'd you go wrong on that one? 
There's poor um, people with the name Daniel. They had a rough yeah, two Daniel. Weeks. Like uh, it's it's uh, it's this uh, it's a Sona player. His name is Jacob, but it's okay. His name's Daniel now. Damn Daniel. Um, <laughs> it's it's like even in the subtlest of ways, League of Legends uh, community is impacted by things that are very very topical and trendy. And League of Legends content creators definitely have a um definitely have a high seat in the uh in the way that you know we conduct ourselves as players and i think when it comes to the grand room of here's an empty room right league of legends community is plopped in the middle of that uh league of legends community is crying screaming almost like a unattended child and league of legends content creators basically walk in the room and they are basically the League of Legends community's world. We're, we influence them. I definitely acknowledge that we do influence them. Maybe maybe we have some esports players that are basically uh, cowering and shivering in the corner. But I think I think League of Legends content creators have def- definitely have a big mommy or daddy role in that place. Because uh, when I look at that room and I visualize that, um, I see Riot Games occasionally coming in. And being like, hey, what's all this noise that's uh, happening? You know, okay, oh, okay, Tommy, all right, you're out, you're out. And yes, yes, we did put Tommy on timeout. Here's the ticket, here's the ticket, here's his reform card. Yep, Tommy's out for the night. Um, I see Riot Games occasionally popping into that room, but I still see it as a very bare and empty room. And when the room is emptied, when something big like League of Legends creators walk in, um, I think that assumes a big responsibility, that uh, assumes a big influence I, I know i'm getting so metaphorical right now but this is the best way i can make this is like the honest no, I, th- gosh I think this is very clear like, I, I really enjoy it yeah this, this is the best way i could explain it like because if there's nothing there and something walks in obviously something's there and league of legends i've seen league of legends evolve from the start of justin tv and twitch i've seen the community evolve as a result yes league of legends is still uh negative too but i think that doesn't automatically say that the game is going to be forever toxic and it kind of makes me hopeful it kind of gives me a little bit of motivation to continue the things i don't um but yeah we do have responsibility we 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 really do even if it it doesn't have to be too big for some people it's even bigger um but i do think we do have responsibility because um if sometimes people don't know how to truly enjoy something themselves sometimes people need guidance on how to do it it's almost like kind of like like riding a bike right somebody can teach you how to ride a bike but how how can you enjoy yourself riding a bike oh you go to the park that's what you do you don't do uh you don't basically do laps in your your uh your back um driveway that's like basically like an eight by twelve and like that's pretty much it kind of like kind of like you're trying to hatch a pokemon in a pokemon game right it's going back and forth and stuff no you go to the park you get some fresh air um, and whether that's your dad or your friend that teaches you a great locale to go to, you know, you you are you can sometimes be taught how to really enjoy something. That translates on that translates to online gaming. That translates yeah. to League of Legends. Um, I'm I'm pretty certain there are definitely thousands of players that never really had the confidence to start flaming somebody in their game until they realize somebody's sitting back in their chair saying, "Okay, this game is ruined. I gotta go ahead and rip this guy a new one." It like literally in chat. I, I literally think that um, it was definitely created from somebody obviously having the confidence to do it themselves because um, I'm not just a content creator. I am an influencer, right? And you yeah. can't be an influencer without being influencing, right? And I've seen the argument before um, from people yeah. who sort of embrace this culture where where they say if people weren't negative on like the 
it's a vacuum. If I wasn't negative on Twitch, mm-hmm. somebody else would come and be negative on Twitch or so-and-so. But I think what you said uh, rings a lot of truth because, yes, maybe if you weren't this negative person, somebody else would come and fill that. But you would still have some sort of level of influence over this number of people. And maybe these the, the people who are watching you now would still be negative. Maybe they'd go somewhere else to to appreciate that negativity that they love. But mm-hmm. there's also a chance that they would continue to resonate with you as a person and change their behavior based on that. Um, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I thought you wanted yeah. to say something. <laughs> no. Can um, I be... Can I be- can I be yeah, personal yeah. for a second? Because when yeah. you referenced uh, the whole vacuum thing, you're like, oh, if, if I'm not going to do it, someone else is going to do it. Because mm-hmm. when, I, when I worked at a convenience store, um, like a convenience store chain up in uh, New Jersey for several years, I had to work up front. And they wanted me up front because they knew I was a personable person and I was friendly and I greeted people. So like, perfect, let's go ahead and put Rist on the front and he's going to go ahead and be the, the front image of the store for new customers. But here's the downside. I had to sell cigarettes, and um, oh, no. I don't. I don't really endorse those things. Yeah, I, I got. I got some qualms with big tobacco. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go too deep here. I'm not trying to, to shun the people um, who obviously smoking all that jazz. But it's, that's just my personal viewpoint. But one of the reasons why I ended up leaving is because I didn't want. They didn't want to sell. I, I had a representative from uh, Philip Morris. Um, uh, basically come up to me and say, hey, if we could make a mold out of you, our sales would go up. And at that point, I thought to myself in my head, I'm like, wow, this is what I'm capable of, right? I'm literally, I could literally be promoting extra cigarette sales by just being that friendly person who gives out occasional information about people inquiring about tobacco products and stuff like that. And I remember shortly after that, I decided to go ahead and leave that job and I went elsewhere in my life. But um yeah, I was told that argument. You know what, Rist? If 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 some if you're not going to do it, someone else is going to do that. Someone's out, someone else is going to go up in that counter and obviously be assigned up front to take sales, um, to bring up customers and to sell cigarettes. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that's fine. That person can be there. I don't want to be there. Yeah, because now forwarding the League of Legends and what I'm doing. Of course, you know, I, I, I want to I want to truly believe that deep down, I'm I'm trying to be selfless. I, I I'm trying to be an uh maybe an inspiration for other people who are trying to enjoy the game themselves and to be a better person and to not give up themselves just because they're, you know, cause, cause their emotions are rattling them and it's just taking them over, you know, something that they can't control, but they can control it. But I'm not just doing it for them too. I'm doing it for myself. Um, like my, I, I'm, I'm happy that my audience maybe can enjoy the game more. I really am. Um, I'm I'm happy that my audience says in chat occasionally that I I I inspire them to like try being more positive, to not type as much, to just try focusing on the game and to play games out and to maybe you know you know to, to believe in what they're doing. Um, but I I don't think I would have been maybe the stoic person I was during select moments if it wasn't for my audience being there, reminding me of the things I'm capable of, right? Reminding me that I have impact and influence over other people. Um, they send those reminders back to me. They remind me of what I'm capable of. And it was because I chose a different path that I have been able to grow as a person to be able to be indulged and nourished for the things I like doing, the things that I like representing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't just about them. Uh, it, it, it can be a little selfish to say this, but it was a little bit for me too. It was definitely a little bit for me as well, you know. Um, and I would encourage more people to think about, you know, their own place in what they're doing. Um, 
because even if somebody does replace you, you know, you you can't. It's weird saying this, but sometimes you you can't replace yourself deep down, and that's who you want to be focusing on. You want to focus about you want to focus on the person that you are for yourself. I know it's Definitely. super super weird just saying <laughs> something like that, but I, I'm I'm trying my best to put it into words. <laughs> I want to just say one more thing yeah. about this, and then I want to actually talk about um, what Riot can do to change this. But I want to say yeah. I am not going to go out there and claim that if there weren't toxic streamers out there, there weren't toxic YouTubers out there, that toxicity mm-hmm. would be gone, because I think that's naive. There's been toxicity in gaming since Pong, since Quake, since Doom 2, since whatever the game that you first got into gaming. Yeah, isn't isn't there like an article or like a YouTuber being like the first ever rage quit, you know, that yeah. sensational <laughs> title, you know? <laughs> But I feel like, I want to say that I feel like this attitude towards gaming and towards your fellow person that you're gaming with has been destigmatized, which I think is a bad thing. Um, I think that back in the day, the person who, who raged at their teammates, the person who flamed, who told them that they should kill themselves or whatever, that was always seen as like the person, oh, you don't want to game with him. He's, you, you don't want to play Halo with Mark, he's going to be, apologies if your name is Mark, um, he's going to be a jerk. He's going to throw his controller. He's going to punch your TV. Um, and I feel like we've, we've transitioned our culture into being like, um, holy cow, I want to be exactly like, I want to game with so-and-so. He seems like a lot of fun to game with because he's constantly yelling at his chat. He's constantly flaming his support because they don't play the way that he wants them to. Or And yeah. I don't think that that we'd be in a situation like that if 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 the community hadn't embraced these individuals who who are putting that out because obviously there's still going to be people if if you went and you took away YouTube and Twitch but League of Legends was still there people are still going to be jerks in League of Legends that's just how League of Legends oh, yeah. works and how a lot of competitive mm-hmm. games work but maybe they wouldn't be as vocal about it maybe they wouldn't be as brazen with it um so i don't know it's always like a situation where it's like you can't know for sure because this is just how things are but i I would love to see a world where we didn't reward and embrace that culture and i get a lot of flack for that from from people i talk to i think that giving attention and giving promotion to Mm -hmm. uh people who put out this message is is a problem like i'm very vocal with that um and i think we can talk a little bit of that more with with what Riot has done to hopefully uh, curb this this growth, but yeah, I've I've had people who who come up to me from my friend my friend groups and my my viewer base who say like this is really stupid. You're super sensitive. Um, this person should not impact you. They're I can't believe you would you would make this big of a fuss just because this person, um, like didn't get banned or they got banned. And I think that's really silly because. If you enjoy playing the game and if your enjoyment playing the game comes from tearing other people down, then maybe you should do something else. Maybe you should focus on yourself or going outside or <laughs> doing something else. And I think yeah, let's, uh, let's transition this talk into what Riot has done and what they can do to curb this. Because we've seen the League Partner Community, which you are a part of, the League Partner Program, yes, which you're a part of. Yes, um, I'm part of the League Partner Program. We've seen them sort of hand out these partnerships to people who uh, I personally, and I'm not going to rope you in on this, but I personally don't think embody anything close to what a league partner should be or Mm -hmm. where they should be giving 
this reward and this this mm-hmm. attention to um mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know you want to talk more about that yeah i can, i definitely have a lot to say uh ooh, where do i begin on this one <laughs> um so yeah i've been part of the league partner program for uh i think maybe two years now it's, it's hard to keep track of the time and when i got in there i was definitely surprised about you know everyone that was included and then i thought okay well i know riot games is again another company they've mm. achieved, achieved big out of this world numbers and they've set precedents that have not been set before with the uh games that they obviously released obviously big legends being the first one of course um and they've uh, definitely created a legacy with that and i understand that they're a company that also needs to look at the number side of things because they uh employs and house so many you know, wonderful people, and they have to make meet agendas still. Um, but that does not go without me having vast disagreements with the program in general. Um, and basically, how Riot Games um, responds to the community in terms of things. Still, um, I was really happy when Riot Games publicly said uh, something when obviously Voidboy got on the stairs and he talked about the state of League of Legends solo queue, and I really, really liked it and uh, commend him for making a video like that. Um, but over the years, uh, like, and it's a little awkward to talk about this because I may have maybe a writer watching right now and I might have a writers watching this in the future because this is my honest thoughts about it. I, I always see them acknowledging from time to time what's going on in terms of negativity and saying, yeah, we can, we can definitely improve on this and this and this, but I feel like it's always just acknowledging the, the mm-hmm. negativity. I I'm not going to be. I'm, I might be biased in saying this because I'm a positive league streamer myself, but I would love to see them acknowledge the people who are going above and beyond, the people who are trying to be um, a bit more than um, obviously the standard, you know, neutral League of Legends player that can be having negative and positive uh, qualities. I, I want to see them maybe acknowledge the people who are trying to be a little bit more stalwart, trying to actually put effort into improve themselves, even if they don't start there initially, but just somebody who has maybe taken a path of um, betterment in terms of their attitude, you know, obviously the whole reform thing, but people who try spreading a a brighter message. And I think the League of Legends partner program has kind of done that a little bit. I'm not going to say they haven't. Um, I've gotten a front page promotion from uh, obviously being part of the LPB, and I wouldn't have I haven't had that opportunity if I wasn't part of the LPB. So I'm obviously very very grateful for that. Um, but I think when it comes to like the concept of how would somebody discover a positive League Legend streamer, um, how would somebody do that? I don't think they would go the Riot Games particularly to do that, and I don't know if that exactly makes sense yeah. in the back of, in front of my mind. Right. Um, I'll just I'll just come out and say it right now. And yeah. this is this yeah. is somebody coming from somebody who um, doesn't have any stake in this game. Like I'm not yeah. ever going to be a big streamer. Um, if anything, this podcast is going to be the largest impact I have on any sort of this, this ecosystem. Um, I think that Riot Games, when you look at something that should be a partner program, you shouldn't be promoting people who you wouldn't want other people to look at and be like, this is the face of the game I want to play. If you're promoting people who are, who are saying this person should kill themselves or this person should uninstall. I hate playing with this person. They're boosted. They're terrible. They're, they bought their account on eBay, whatever. I know that's a very large difference from worst to best, but 
I think that that is a big mistake. And I think that just basically handing out the partner program to anyone over a certain amount of viewers or streamers or subscribers or whatever the number metric is, is huge misstep. And I think it really speaks a, mm-hmm. a large amount to how much effort and how much thought went into this. And I think what happened was, yeah. and this is just my perception of what happened. I think what happened was yep, go on. one or two people or a small team of people got tasked with promoting League of Legends marketing through the influencer community because they saw what happened with Fortnite. They saw what happened with other large games. And they're like, we need to get on that because that's the future of gaming. And they didn't sit down and try to make a mission statement of what they thought the ideal league partner would be. They would ju- they just said, we want people with this much attention. We want people with this much uh, influence over the community. Hard stop. And as long as they haven't, said a, a racial slur on stream or something like that yeah. they're in and i think that's a big <laughs> mistake um because there's it, it doesn't seem like there's a vetting process and it but doesn't seem they, like there was any sort of thought process going into like hey maybe we don't want this person sorry go ahead yeah yeah um it's definitely a plausible theory and i sometimes have my own uh, thoughts and reservations towards the whole thing too um Obviously, like there's some things that I can talk about. There's some things I I can't talk about in terms of this um, <laughs> because um, it, it's it's definitely a little bit more of an exclusive community. There's an exclusive Discord, of course, where all the creators basically interact with uh, multiple riders on sometimes a daily basis. Um, and we got to see a little bit of an inside look as to how it was ultimately created and um, what their mission statement is too. Um, so walking the best fine line I can right now. Um, <laughs> I, you can I, take it easy if you it, want. You don't have to get into anything you don't want. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, but I, I've loved being part of the league partner partner program, and I've had to come to several points where I've said to myself, "All right, I definitely disagree with what is happening right now. Um, how vocal do I want to be about it? You know, mm-hmm. um, like I'm not the most confrontational person myself, but I realized that my responsibility as an influencer to talk about like injustice and um something that i view to be wrong and wrong doing is is definitely a growing one i think that's a responsibility that maybe all influencers uh influencers basically um face someday yeah and i do ha- i do have my qualms about the lake partner program i love the people who are running uh running it i like um mm-hmm. like swim it in as uh one of uh the big liaisons to uh, actually rally everyone together um is such a wonderful person. I've played uh, Among Us with her. She is a great, great person. Very, very helpful. Uh, typically always responds to my messages. And she ends up having to correspond to a lot of people too. And then I just see the hierarchy of like, okay, how many how many people does she talk to in terms of the hierarchy to basically trickle down all of her um, requests and to how to run yeah. things. And it, it really, really complicates the whole situation as to, you know, um, uh, how will our voices impact the future of the uh, LPP, for example. Um, and I, I would personally like to see improvement to the program itself. I would personally love, if I had the choice, I would love to be a, for, for it to be a bit more exclusive. Not to be sectioned off for the people who have those extreme numbers, but to have maybe a personality and a voice and a, and a type of content that, that truly is unique and, and special, right? And um, I guess when it comes to like uh, like gauging uh, like 
uh, there's a term for it, but like ga- gauging uh, opportunity and like gauging mm-hmm. interest and, and uh, talent. I think it's called like talent in, uh, evaluation or something like that. <laughs> um, I know it's can be difficult for writers too when they have to go through so many different people to evaluate. Okay, what what truly sets this per- person apart from the rest? You know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, when a lot of people got inv- invited, I. I I saw such a big list. Now, a lot of people have left the program. A lot of people have been removed from the program. And I'm definitely agree- uh, agreeing with those choices, too. I'm happy that that, that was ended up, uh, you know, ended up happening. Um, but this does trickle uh, back to what I want to say about, like, positivity and how Riot Games could showcase it more. Um, I, I really think they would need to do that more. Um <laughs> Because uh, it's getting to a point where, where the League of Legends community is kind of like making their own efforts. For example, I'm part yeah. of a stream team called Team PMA. I've been part of the team for several months now. And um, it's been so humbling to be in an organized team that has so many like-minded individuals that try to be stoic stalwart and to, um, to be a step above the normal like sea of toxicity that we can all dip into from time to time. Um, and I would love to have... That would, it would be so empowering to have some sort of right backing um, behind it, like to to occasionally like maybe have a front page promotion, just saying, "Hey, um, curious about how a lead content creator holds his cool in games? Well, here's this streamer and this streamer. You can check them out and see how they they go ahead and uh, take on the beast of solo kill, because Riot Games knows it's there. Yeah, if they acknowledge it." And say it's there and say, hey, we know Solicu can suck sometimes. We know that there's going to be situations that you feel like you can't control. And it's easy to f- feel like you're alone when you're handling it because I, I think like this stems in so many different topics. You feel like you feel like your account is cursed. You're in Elo Hell, you know. Maybe a lot of people yeah. think about that, right? Oh, you're stuck in loser's queue. It can be so easy to feel alone in what you're experiencing in League of Legends. And when that feeling of loneliness uh, sinks in when it comes to any type of problem you're facing, it's very, very crippling. And Riot Games could definitely do a ton to diminish that and to to correct the problem, I think, by acknowledging and putting out those positive individuals to give them a little bit of care, to to give them a a little bit of a thank you uh, for representing a better side in League. And They've done it here and there occasionally, but I'm I'm just thinking in the back of my mind, why can't it be just so much more? Why can't it be why can't it just be so much more? Right? Yeah. That, that's and, what and I'm truly to, thinking. To put some um different experiences out there, I've seen a lot of people like can well like complain about the fact that you can int whatever you word you want to use, you can int twelve games in a row and not get banned, but if you say one mean thing to somebody instantly banned and i hate that argument because one yeah. we can get into the the I've, I've actually had people on the show from riot who have talked about like how difficult it is to um mm. ascertain like is somebody having a bad game are they intentionally making a bad yeah. game it is so much harder for a computer to look at something even with like something as as serious as there was one very weird situation where this bard player like intentionally lost like a hundred and something games in a row before he was banned oh yeah and obviously that's an outlier that. that's like they should 100 mm-hmm. look at that and say like okay we need to figure out how this never happens again this is a terrible situation but how did the system not pick that up yeah right <laughs> yeah like something obviously went very wrong in, in their detection mm. but i think it's so easy to fall into that trap of like 
what about ism and and mm-hmm. blaming other aspects of it when they're trying to yeah. focus on improving some things because uh, I hate the I hate the argument that people say like oh if I in ten games um, I'm not gonna get banned but if I say a mean word to somebody I'm gonna get banned because it's so easy to tell if you said a mean word or not a computer yeah. can look at a chat log and say yeah. did this person say this word from this banned list if so maybe give them a restriction or a ban or a punishment if not no right. it's it's <clears throat> Just because they're not doing the best ever in one aspect doesn't mean that they can't strive to be better in another aspect. So mm-hmm. pointing out that, that a chat negativity leads to a ban more often than a, a game negativity thing is just very short-sighted. And, and it's really just a, a I'm going to say, a stupid argument that's thrown out by people who don't want to address the, the problem with toxicity in League where they're just like, I'm only negative because people are entering my games. I'm only saying these terrible things because the community is treating me like garbage all the time. People will ghost my stream and, and say uh, terrible things to me and they'll, they'll intentionally um, like lose games. And that happens. I know you've been on the receiving yeah. end of that more, than, more often than not. Um, but mm-hmm. like, you can choose how you react to that and you can choose how to combat that. Um, absolutely absolutely when difficult uh, when dealing with difficult intense situations too i feel like so many players um just end up thinking oh well nothing i do or say is going to really impact the situation so i'm just going to go and let myself go at that point anyway but i i really want to level with all the people that struggle with toxicity ever watching this this ep- individual episode i have something to share with you guys you do have a control over the situation, not maybe not every situation, but there's a good amount that you think you might not have influence in that you actually do. Uh, like, obviously, typing and flaming to somebody who's having a bad game, you might think of that as intentional. And maybe, yes, sometimes it could be intentional for circumstances you don't understand. But the amount of griefing that is provoked by simply typing on your keyboard is not addressed enough in this community and it definitely sometimes keeps me up at night and i would love to go ahead and just talk about it instead of just streaming for league of legends um uh, just being like a preacher to some sort of like league of legends positivity church or some sort of pastor i don't know um but there are there is definitely so much there are definitely so much instances where um like a game has been thrown because this one person just couldn't hold it in themselves they didn't have any restraint and just said oh mid difference zero and five gg go next you know how diminishing that is if not frustrating for someone to be on the receiving end of that um and you could say oh well i'm uh you why didn't you just mute that player right why didn't you (laughs) just mute that player i have learned the painful lesson in my life that sometimes words especially typed words that are able to be visibly seen or even spoken words those are bullets that are fired that cannot be put back into a magazine, right? Metaphorically, of course, right? The damage has been done at that point sometimes. Sometimes it can yeah. only take one sentence to go ahead and break someone's fragile, uh, you know, state of mind because they're in a tense situation themselves, right? And it can a- almost always start with that one little sentence saying, oh, mid-difference, GG, go next. Right. If you're um, just looking at it from a mathematical standpoint, from statistics, yeah. I will say it right now, and I'm not going to do the math to back it up. There is no situation where typing mid diff or jungle diff or whatever, any sort of negative thing towards one of your teammates, 
there's no situation where that statistically improves your odds of winning that game. And maybe you're in a situation where maybe you believe that the game is doomed or whatever, and you're not going to win anyway. So you just give into that. But if you've played League of Legends for as long as me and Risty have, uh, you know that even the most doomed games will, like there's a small chance out there to, to come back from that. Um, I've had I've had some of them recently, some very very recently. I've even put uh, some of them on my YouTube channel. It, it's just it's sometimes crazy how a game will supersede your expectations and be like, wow, you know what? Just because I didn't say anything, I continue playing the game. I actually got rewarded with a win. <laughs> and there's so many players that will just go to bed, start the next gaming session, and be like, oh well, I don't remember what happened yesterday. Hey, I'm doing bad in this game. Let's start flaming a bunch of people. Yeah, like they, they, like I really wish that they could take those points of coming back from a difficult situation and really remember that as a lesson, right? Yeah. Because Telecue is a journey of growth and the most successful Telecue players understand um, to grow and adapt in those situations. And it's not just um, everything that's happening around you. It's how you handle yourself as a player. Not that just your decision-making, but your own emotions, your own rationale, everything that comes from the mind in terms of your input into the game. Um, there's definitely a lesson to be learned there. Um and yeah, I have I have gotten carried um, a lot of times before by just playing the game out. And everyone talks about that 1v9, right? That that mm-hmm. 1v9. Oh, I'm going to 1v9 this game. Today's stream is nothing but 1v9s. It is so... It is put on a pedestal in terms of the centerpiece of League of Legends content creation. It's the most sensationalized concept because that is, that is the money game. That is the thing you tune in for. And that is the thing that, that puts you at the peak and height of uh, where you are and how you project yourself as a person. And it's, it's such an incredible feeling to pump out a 1v9. Um, but I almost never see anybody talk about the, the concept of supporting someone else's 1v9. To yeah. acknowledge it, saying like, okay, this Katarina is popping off. I want to do everything I can to make sure they win the game. Because it, it sometimes, like League of Legends, unfortunately, it's not always about you. Sometimes it can be about your teammates or that one teammate that's doing even such if a you play mid. job. Yeah, <laughs> even if you play mid, right? The win con is sometimes going to be someone other than yourself. Or it's going to be someone on the enemy that you're trying to shut down. But if you focus on that and support that, you will get more wins than not, I guarantee you. And I'm not saying that just because that's a guarantee either. I assure you that is definitely something that's going to happen to you. And I, I see it on a daily basis on my stream. And it, it just all surfaces from me just talking to my audience, just keeping myself distracted, you know, keeping myself uh, tame, not typing anything. I just continue playing, let my music run, and the Nexus explodes, and it ended up not being mine. It was theirs. And I yeah. said to myself at some point, you know what? I think this game might be doomed, but you know what? I'm just gonna keep playing, and lo and behold, um, I want to say I want to say two things about that because I I, yeah. I have two things that I want to share. One, I want to share a situation where obviously this is hyperbole, not hyperbole, but this was a very rare rare situation. But I was okay. in a game where uh, I was winning. I think I was like 19 and one, and um, the enemy team was just completely demoralized. They were flaming each other in chat. Blah 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 blah. Oh, mm-hmm. report this guy. Report this guy. And then we we made a, this was a ranked game. We made a silly mistake where they surrendered, and I I thought it was funny to type slash ff. And then four of my teammates agreed that that was funny, so we also surrendered. And I found about this very obscure rule in League of Legends where if the enemy team surrenders and you surrender oh, yeah. right afterwards, you actually oh, lose. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, it's so crazy. Like the, the Nexus explodes, and then like the map goes... starts panning towards your Nexus, and it blows up. And says defeat. <laughs> and then I had to explain that uh, to my duo partner, who was very uh, not happy about that situation. Oh so yeah. Obviously, oh my god. Obviously, that's like. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a very rare. That's not going to happen all the time. But it, it just goes to show oh, yeah. that that even in the worst case scenario, there's a way to win the game. So maybe don't burn every bridge with your teammates um, before that. And then also, um, I wanted to talk about the one v nine phenomena. Yeah, because I yeah. think it it's so powerful in the in the minds of people who are watching games because they want to think that they have the ability to win a game by themselves. Because like you said, when you're queuing up with four other people, you're dependent on those four other people. So if you yeah. can give mm-hmm. somebody like the false impression or even the, the true impression that they have a, a chance to win a game, no matter what, no matter what those other four people do. Um, it's super, it's like a, it's like a drug. It will embed themselves yes. in that game and they'll, they'll never want to leave that mentality. They'll never want to be in a situation where they aren't, mm-hmm in charge of the game and it's it's toxic. very easy to sink into absolutely yeah. it, it's it's it can be very harmful too and i i uh, i don't exactly agree with all i i understand that it just pleases the youtube algorithm when i you know we see a upload that says unstoppable 1b9 turbo <laughs> gigashot ap build mom throws me out of the house after this video you know type of thing um but it just completely um blows the concept of 1b9 uh out of proportion to so many newer players that think that's what I have to do. If I want to go ahead and get the rank I want, I have to do that every single game. And I want to tell you right now, that's not what you have to do. It's all about supporting the win condition. Sometimes you are that win condition. Sometimes you are the 1v9. Sometimes it's not you. Sometimes you're stopping at ticking time bombs. Sometimes you're just trying to scale up your Kog'Maw because he's got the Lulu. And even though they're a few uh, thousand gold behind, if you guys stall at the 30 minutes, that's going to be a pretty fed Lulu and a pretty fed Kog'Maw, right? Um, and I feel so bad for all of those newer League of Legends players that just don't know, but they're being kind of spoon-fed what they're told, saying yeah. that I have to take control of every one of my games. And I think that's a potential stress point that leads to a lot of frustration because if they don't accomplish that every game, then that's when the chaos ensues. That's when disarray happens. That's when people start tilting. People start getting frustrated. People will type because the game's not going according to their vision. Um, but I think the greatest gift that I've learned as a player is that sometimes my vision of the game doesn't always have to hold true in terms of how it pans out. Um, and I really support any content creator that supports that notion about win conditions and not the 1v9 mentality. Because I feel like, again, with League of Legends influencers, uh, it's, I understand it meets the ends and agendas to go ahead and make exceptional content and to get those high-yielding numbers for each one of their videos or maybe streams. But it can also be very, very harmful, too, especially yeah. for players that just don't know how to impact games themselves. And they want to be great. They want to be exceptional, right? Um, so anybody uh, out there with the idea and the uh, ambition to do it, just be very, very careful using words like that because it can be quite destructive. Can be. Yeah, you can choose what you put out into the the community, and just be mindful uh, if you want to use a very, very broad analogy. Just like be mindful that you're polluting, you're putting out carbon dioxide or or whatever other pollution mm-hmm. into the environment. Um, yeah. And you may not be a large producer. You may not be anything close to the, even the top 1% producer, but you're putting out pollution. So it, may, it has an impact. 
Um, I had no. something else I wanted to say. Um, Good old carbon I footprint. Totally forgot. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot what it was, but I think we covered a lot of the issues that we have. We both have with Twitch streaming and stuff. <laughs> right. if, 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 you're, if you're wondering about my mom throwing me out, I didn't know she, did, she didn't throw me out. She loves me. <laughs> so don't worry about she that. Still okay? loves <laughs> Even if he does play Garrett. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, oh my god. So okay, so let's let's take a step back from talking okay. about toxicity and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen you tweet some things recently about you wanting to make some changes in your content and what you want to focus on in the future, and maybe you don't want to be a primarily League of Legends streamer anymore. So, yeah. what sort of uh, changes do you are thinking about? Because I know this is something that you you've been thinking about a lot. It's it's really really scary. Um, yeah, I've talked I've talked to it about friends. Um, I've talked to a few family members about it. I've talked to I've talked to my my grandma about how I've been feeling about my path recently. It, it's it's really really scary. Um, like a, l- a little bit of a personal thing for me, and this is kind of difficult to talk about. But um, mm-hmm. I I, I uh, hold on to streaming for my dear life because I love doing it. But I really feel like it encompasses all the things I'm like really good at in life. I know there's so many people out there that don't maybe think that they they're not good at things in life, and when you end up when you end up breaking that notion in your own mind in your own conscious and you get a hold of something that you can truly believe that you're good at, you don't want to want to really give that up. And I feel like my path of uh, League of Legends content creation and and Garen specifically has led me on a path that I'm you know obviously happy with and I can be content with for the foreseeable future. But it's a quite narrow path. It's very, very niche. Obviously, it has got my name out there, and I've um, attracted an audience that I'm very thankful for. But um, that path is kind of getting more and more narrow. And mm-hmm. where I see it leading to probably bring it towards its peak in terms of success and a success that I can maybe you know build a lasting future with that is going to allow me to maybe retire someday and all that jazz, um, I don't know if I like where it's heading. And it's just to try to break away from it is super scary because this is like the path I've been on for several years, right? Taking that jump to something else. And um, I, I tried telling myself that, okay, yeah, I'm good. I, I'm good at other things too. I can be friendly. My improv is okay. I can tell dad jokes and somehow keep a community without leaving. You know, I, I have other games I'm passionate about. I, I talk about uh, video games, uh, video game music, video game uh, music theory. Um, and all those little things that make me tick. And I try to encourage myself to go ahead and branch out and to maybe do other things, not play League of Legends. And it's so tough because, honestly, Ben, I think like I'm addicted to League of Legends. I really am. It's like mm-hmm. got such a grip over my dopamine. I, I just live and think League of Legends. Um, I think like streaming has kind of channeled that addiction into like a healthier outlet for me because I'm making something pro- productive about it. It's kind of like the people who are probably like addicted to poker. Um, and they obviously run five or six figures because they prefer uh, play professionally, but they can't mm-hmm. stop thinking about the game. And this can relate to any other athletes that are just so passionate about the games that they play. But I ultimately deal with an addiction too, and I took a very, very uh, brief detox to try and to mess up my biochemistry a bit to kind of break that foundation so I can enjoy other things. Because honestly. I had difficulty enjoying other games. I had difficulty just being away from League of Legends. I would buy a game. I would have a very, very high chance of putting it down without completing it. My my Steam game list is like getting way too long to be even comprehensible at this point. 
um it, it's just really tough right now for me to enjoy other games so i have to take it gradually i, I understand that it's a um i have a embedded biochemical um attachment to this game um for better or for worse and i, I i'm trying to uh acknowledge that i have to be gradual with it but i'm taking it with baby steps i really am i'm, I'm trying to find games that i would really enjoy that my, uh, my audience i think would really enjoy and i want to take it like maybe a one day a week process yeah i, I want to make a new youtube channel and just talk about my thoughts about maybe in an episode it doesn't even have to be a game of league of legends it could just be me in front of a camera and then maybe like a gameplay commentary um and i i think to myself you know what maybe maybe not so many people are going to watch it first maybe there's going to be some people who even leave and I, I think about that fear a lot and a lot and a lot but i i ultimately believe that that fear that i'm facing is the same type of fear when i started out as a content creator because i was also facing my own doubts i was facing my own reservations and hesitation that i could truly be a play a person with a place on twitch that maybe some people could call home as their favorite place to go to when they want to go ahead and escape from the the, the harsh uh, things of the world and all everything that's going on um and taking that step um is gonna it's not gonna be any easier than the last time i did it but i know that uh, maybe i could fail doing it maybe i i will not be anything extraordinary other than the jimmy found looking like a garen streamer of league legends but i i know that something truly great could be waiting on the other side like i talked about earlier um and i think that deep down is what's making me trying to take that step because i know i've done it before i've had some incredibly great things happen to me i've had some incredibly truly beautiful people enter my life starting my, my path on twitch and um i, I want to do it again i want to do yeah. it again um it, it, just to I, give you it, oh sorry go ahead. yeah i was just gonna say it, just to give you some words of encouragement me. yeah I, I i i've seen so many people who who have started out as a, a very dedicated league streamer a very dedicated streamer to this sort of thing and then they've they've made that leap and they they've found yeah. success in it and they found growth in in other <sighs> games in uh just the IRL category where they're just talking like mm-hmm. sort of like what we're doing now they're just talking to people and they're sharing their life experiences and they're fostering a sense of community without a game like league um and mm-hmm. i think it's totally possible i think that you have um a better chance of making that leap than i think a lot of other streamers out there who are sort of pigeonholed into their league content so um you, you mean that i do i think that yeah. you have if I am being 100% honest, I don't come to your stream to watch you play Garen. I have very little interest in Garen. He's not a champion that... You have no interest in Garen? <laughs> he doesn't... No dark he, that. He's just not a Second. champion that I enjoy. I play I play yeah, jungle. Yeah, I um, but I come when I yeah. do because I enjoy listening to you. I enjoy listening to what you're talking about, even if it's just talking about how to... Um, like when you switch off games when you're in queue or you're eating food or something like that. Um, I, I enjoy that more. And I know that I'm a tiny minority of people. Some people do just want to watch you play Garen all day. Some people do just want to sit down and, and watch you be a high elo league streamer. Um, yeah, but yeah. there's other people out there who don't, that don't care about that. So just mm-hmm. keep that in mind. It's not just people who are willing to come in and be like, Hey, I'm supporting you for, through everything, but the minute you stop playing Garen, the minute you stop streaming League, 
uh, I'm going to go watch Tyler one or I'm going to go watch so. Um, I think, I think you have a chance and I think that maybe the slow transition is the right move. So I'd love to see what happens. Um, I do, I think that you would excel in a, in a platform that doesn't just rely on games too. I think that maybe you should consider doing more just, just chatting stuff. And I hate just chatting because it's a weird category, but just, it is. Um, <laughs> it's so vague and ambiguous, and so yeah. many people do so many uh, things with it too, and it leaves me like yeah, in the dark, really. Um, but I, I do know that like uh, your words really do mean a lot to me, Ben. I appreciate that. I've had similar people try to tell me that I'm capable of great things, and it's not just about Garen. It's not just that I look like Jimmy Fallon. It's it's not it's not just that I might have like a maybe a nice voice to some people. Um, or uh, unhealthy obsession for for spitting and stuff like that, but um, th- there's some, maybe something special about my personality that keeps people coming back. Um, maybe it's something genuine. Maybe it's just something uh, uncanny, um, something resembling a uh, light in other people's life. Because I try to be positive myself. Um, I'm trying to try to keep that. I'm trying to keep those words in mind. Those words really really empower me to maybe take the next step, and I'm taking that next step right now in life. Um, I'm going to try to keep those words in mind. And my life is filled with reminders. So yeah, that, that really, really does mean a lot to me. I appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah. Well, and I think, we'll I think that you, I think that you would find um, a lot of hopefully success looking into talking to other people and talking to other streamers. Cause I think you have a great personality that meshes really well with other people. And I almost never see you do it. I almost never see you come and talk to other people yeah. on stream. You're you're almost always alone. And I think that I don't think it's a missed opportunity or a waste or anything like that because obviously that's you doing it forever. But I I, I think, I think we, that you could benefit yeah. from from bringing some other people in and just talking to other people. Yeah, it, it it's uh pretty pretty crazy. I I think League of Legends is also like maybe that part that puts me in the vacuum, right? I think mm-hmm. I consider myself to be a solo queue warrior. Um because I've always battled my um my my mindset that's telling me, okay, well, if I accomplish anything doing dual queue, I'm gonna always have that one person say, oh, you dual queue to get to your ranks, so it's not actually <laughs> legitimate. And uh, that ended up pushing myself to get challenger by myself without playing a single dual queue game for the entirety of season line. And uh, that mindset, I tried fighting. You know, I, it wasn't the healthiest thing, but um, ultimately, I'm I'm wired to be a solo warrior, right? What, what, I don't know if it's from uh, saying pride or just I'm uh, maybe a little bit stubborn. But yeah, I don't interact with a lot of other uh, creators. Um, I, I try my best to be friendly when I do feel uh, you know I'm in a comfortable environment and people think they would enjoy my company. But yeah, I, I really do need to work on that a bit more. I really do. Um, when I joined the OTV uh, offline TV Rust server... And I got to experience my uh, my learning of the game of Rust because it was my first time playing with all these other creators that I didn't even know. It was definitely uh, quite a uh, extraction out of my comfort zone. <laughs> um, I encountered so many one, uh, wonderful people and so many crazy individuals too that obviously were role playing, obviously playing to their own content, and some actually had some you know genuine moments where I actually got to learn a little bit more about them. But it was very very exhilarating. It was exciting and. Um, the times where I was able to make my audience laugh, um, even though I wasn't playing League, I was doing something else. Um, like, for example, I was actually freaking out and getting very, very low of vocal. I don't usually raise my voice too much, but, like, uh, here I am on an island with, like, a rock, <laughs> and I'm trying to look for, like, berries to keep myself alive, and nobody tells 
text me in my chat that there's bears on the highland and literally <laughs> i just get mauled by one running at me by mach 5 i'm literally freaking out in my chair i'm like nobody told me this was like a horror survival game like nobody told me and my my audience is like taking the tally how many times the bears got me and i've sworn revenge against that bear i'm gonna go against it with like a like a clad set of armor and a sword because i think you can get that type of uh, equipment in the game mm-hmm. and now i have my own personal ambitions to go ahead and just extract my own vengeance um and that was like that was something i didn't expect that was like that was like a that was like a chapter of a, a book that you didn't think was coming and um it, it was it was really really um frightening but it was it was really really exciting too and i feel like that's just that's just it in life when you want to take a step to do something that, that that's really really scary right you know almost like Definitely. skydiving yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i i love i love to hear that you can I'd I'd love to see more um, taking a, a, a step out of your comfort zone and just trying new things. And I think that uh, I didn't even know you were on the offline offline TV rest server. I wasn't really focused on that uh, aspect of the the Twitch meta per se. But I think that's really cool. And I think that if you can take more chances like that and more opportunities like that, that's mm. I think that will pay off. So just think about it. I know that you you do a lot of thinking. If you do anything, you do yeah. a lot of thinking. So keep it in mind. Um, I. Uh... I have to struggle a lot with myself when it comes to collaborating with others um, because like um, I have, I, I'm, I can make friends with other people so easily, but when it comes to reaching out to other people and say, Hey, you want to go and clap on this? Or, Hey, would, uh, would you be, be uh, would, would you mind if I could be part of, you know, your game and such, such and such? Um, I have to have mental struggles with that all the time in terms of like reaching out to like bigger content creators or mm-hmm. people that I'm obviously befriended, but they have such a bigger following yeah. than uh, I am. And uh, it's it, it's tough. I've learned so much about friendship on my journey with Twitch and to be a responsible influencer, but also connecting with other people too. Um, I, I, I can be a social butterfly in my stream, but, you know, obviously breaking the ice and uh, trying to make new bonds and form relationships with other people too it's it's really scary you know uh you want to give people the best impression you want to be yourself you just never know how somebody's going to receive you so um it's going to be uncharted territory for me for certain i'm trying to learn so much i'm trying to be the best person i am to be to be likable to be to be liked um but i know there's going to be people that aren't meant to be in my life i know there's going to be people that aren't meant to be in my content um so i have to accept that I just have to continue trying to be me, and if I can end up making other people happy, no matter how many, um, I think that's just what's going to be the most important thing for me at the end of the day. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, we've talked a little bit. I have some points written down that I try to read off of, but we've talked a lot about like what motivates you personally and what motivates you to improve and work harder. But I'd like to get down to like very granular things where okay. something very specific, like if you wake mm-hmm. up and you aren't feeling like streaming or you aren't feeling like working on your YouTube channel or whatever it is that you want to be working on that day. Um, Besides the wristband, what like motivates you to sit down and actually get it done? Like where, where where does that come Uh, from? Well, I mean, I have to be honest. I mean, I, I I do procrastinate quite a bit. I mean, (laughs) I, I I have been quite a procrastinator. I think what like stops me from procrastinating, well, not just like, besides fiscal income related things, but um, just knowing that some people depend on my stream to like have maybe a better day or they, they really miss me and they obviously express that. I mean, that, that concern definitely goes away and gets getting me out of bed. Um, 
But whenever I feel like out and about in the world and I really feel down because I had I, I don't know if I could consider myself to be depressed last year, but I definitely was battling a lot of depressive thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I do in my spare time, it's 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 a really, really geeky thing, but I, I just look all over the Internet for new video game music. It doesn't even have to be like games I've played before, but it's so what's what's so incredible about video games is that sometimes experiencing a video game doesn't start with you actually buying a copy and putting it into your console and hitting the start button and grabbing the controller it's not that at all for me it's, it can be much different for me i can witness a point with my ears of course audibly of some incredible moment in a game that has this wonderful melody attached to it and i can automatically tell what makes that game so great and loved by so many different players and i get to see like a glimpse of that and i always look through youtube and i stumble across all these related videos i look up people's playlists of uh, favorite video game music it was originally prompted um because obviously with the whole dmca apocalypse uh-huh. um right now like streaming music is just such a difficult battlefield it, it's it really gets uh people nervous about what type of music they're running um and i've been working on my own playlist for over years and years um that um i basically sweep to make sure it's not being hunted by copyright claims so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's basically 80 percent nintendo music but hey i don't mind um <laughs> that is okay I, as a, as a yeah. brief aside that always surprises <laughs> me that nintendo is very uh open with their music because nintendo yeah. has uh historically been very like protective of their ip yeah, and they're stuff. very very they, protective about their ip they exactly. had a uh 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 situation where they were like saying oh you can't stream our games on online or you can't put up youtube videos of our games and then oh to, yeah good on nintendo <laughs> yeah we have to turn uh, around and be like hey our music is free reign which is awesome by the way i love it but, you, you you love them uh one moment you question them the next yeah, yeah nintendo has <laughs> I, a little bit of growing to do i mean i think like my love for nintendo just definitely uh, is attributed to like how much uh i've depended on the games to bring me joy when i went through the difficult stuff i did as a kid um uh-huh but you know obviously i would want to see them grow and uh yeah putting the music in my playlist brings me a lot of nostalgia i'm such a nostalgia addict <laughs> i really am it, it just it it sparks some sort of gear and mechanism in my heart and brain that i just can't describe and whenever i think about my childhood days and like enjoying a game for the first time um listening to music it's very very motivating for me i, I can't really describe exactly what it is um but I get a little bit of a personal joy in finding something that's truly great. Even though I haven't sampled the game itself, I haven't played the game, if I can add it to my playlist and be able to talk to my audience about um, how I found it on YouTube and if I played the game or not, and if I have played the game, what's my experiences about the game, it's almost like show and tell, almost. Like, you get, like, this really cool rock outside your backyard. And it maybe has like, um, like I don't know, maybe it's something like there's really shiny about it, or it's got like some moss on it, or maybe it's growing something otherworldly and fungal on it, um, or you have like a really cool action figure, and you could be like a normal kid maybe, uh, but you you go ahead and bring it to class and you go ahead and show it. I think that's kind of like kind of, kind of like me. I, I want to bring my stuff to show and tell, and I want to show my audience what I found. Um, and as weird as it sounds, I feel like whenever I'm in like some of my darkest points and I don't have any motivation to stream, um, I start looking for music to add to my playlist. It's like one of my little hobbies that keeps me happy and going. And it, you know, it might be, it might seem really simple to another person, but for me, just seeing it grow and have other people maybe even use it on their streams, 
I, I think that's like super super cool i get giddy all the time i go to the stream they listen to it for a few hours they talk about the tracks that they really like and it, it just always reminds me about just the concept about how gaming brings people together and I truly, really do believe that. It, it can be your favorite game. It can be a game that you play online. Just the memory of a game itself can spark all these wonderful conversations. Um, and I, I'm a very, very uh, musical type of individual. I am reminded of the beauty of the world. Um, I've I've hit emotional points in my life, emotional moments that have not been achieved by anything else other than music. Um, so... Getting myself out of bed, I, I do it for my audience, but but I have to sometimes do some very, very unconventional and sometimes even very simplistic things to keep me going to be able to feel the motivation to be able to move forward. Um, I've been doing it a lot. And I think uh, as a result, my playlist has grown quite a bit. Um, it's well over 500 tracks now, and all of it is completely uh, DMCA-free, and I love listening to it every day on my streams as I play League of Legends. But, yeah, that's um, great um i guess i just i guess i just tinker when i'm at my lowest point i just tinker and i just scavenge and i get something back and i bring it to the show and tell i've noticed that a little <laughs> bit um on some other streamers too like like i don't know if you watch a lot of tft content but riot Mortdog, who is yeah. the lead designer for tft um he sort of has like a similar concept where he has a massive library of game songs and he shares them and he has like the ability for people oh, to cool. come in and request like a specific game song. They'll be like, "Hey, for a thousand channel points or whatever the number is, you can request a game song." And he'll play it on stream. And he'll like he won't always comment about it, but he'll always, he'll sometimes be like, "Oh, I really like this." That's song, super cool. Song. I I really wish I could manage a system like that in the middle of a League of Legends game. I would <laughs> totally do it if I could clone myself and just have the guy really just standing next to me with a separate monitor and keyboard. And that would That's be the benefit of uh, TFT. It, it definitely is a yeah, lot more like it, downtime. You have you have a little bit of downtime. Yeah, I feel yeah. like there's just like minimal downtime and like yeah, the really. That's is, also but, the benefit but, of being a jungler streamer because jungling is a lot easier when you have times between camp. Like I know jungling is a very. Yeah, I'm a jungler yeah. myself. It's a very intensive mm-hmm. thing, but there's also times where you're just running from wraiths to golems or or krugs or something, and you have like a little bit of time to go and look at chat and be like, okay, this is what's going on, or change a song or something. Whereas in lane, especially in top lane, when you're basically fighting every second for CS or for damage or for what, um, you don't have that time. To... And sometimes <laughs> I'll come to your stream and I'll uh, I'll see people ask questions, and you just won't have a chance to look at chat for like five yeah. minutes. And, like, I feel really bad for him because I know he wants oh, to, yeah. but he just he also I wants do, to do well I in the love, game. I love answering questions, and it, it's tough too because if I answer too many questions and I mess up in a game, then I have people that will obviously vocally say, "Hey, just focus on the game." And people, mm-hmm. there's been people who have actually gotten frustrated because I took a few extra questions. I'm not playing my hundred percent. But when you're a content creator and you're trying to be a performer in Silicon, you're trying to manage two different things at the same time, yeah. and it can be a lot. It can be very, very overwhelming. Um, and I'm trying to help out one of my stream friends too. She she uh, loves just interacting with chat, but she also wants to be a better league player too. <laughs> and I'm just telling her about my struggles, and she's like, just just saying, rest. Oh yeah, but I, I don't want to miss messages. I want to make sure that if somebody comes to stream and posts the first message, I want to acknowledge that. Um, it, it's tough, and it's I tough. sometimes don't know how to compose the words to give her the advice that would really help her because I know what she experiences. Um, I was there at, at one point too, and to be able to find the, the the silver lining, the middle ground to be interactive, but also be engaging, and also to be the, the type of performing player that I hold to my own standards, and maybe would impress other people who come to my stream. It, it's a lot to manage. It's it it's really actually is. very surprising to me how successful League of Legends has been 
um, as sort of like this interactive streamer platform for people because of how intense it is. Like uh, putting aside deaths and, and like rotations and stuff like that, there is very little downtime in a game of League of Legends from the beginning to the end. Um, sometimes they go for 40 minutes. You'll have 40 minutes mm-hmm. of time where you have maybe five minutes or 10 minutes of downtime in the game, if that. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's it's always like very odd to me where it's like, how did this game become the juggernaut of content where it it has been and continues to be the most popular online video game ever? There's you been times where... It, yeah, juggernaut. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about juggernauts. It's a, it's a trigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you're getting me going now. Oh my God. He, you said the J word. <laughs> <laughs> so, so oh I want to, I want to say one thing or a few things that uh, yeah. influence or inspire me before we move on to the next points on this list. Yeah. yeah. Um, where I, I get very, I don't want to say it's like a competitive drive where I'm like, I want to be better than that person, but I get super inspired to do stuff when I see other people doing something and I'm like, Oh, I could do that or better. What better? Um, for yeah, this podcast, yeah. what, what drives me a lot is when I see, um, big streamers and big content creators out there put out content. And I'm like, I could do that. I could do that better. I could do that differently. I could do that in this own way. Uh, and there's been many times where I just want to put down this podcast forever. Cause I am having trouble finding guests. I'm having trouble building an audience. I'm having trouble just finding uh-huh. ways to bring questions out of people and talk to people in a, uh, hopefully engaging way. Um, and what gets me going at the end of every day is, is sitting down and looking at Twitter or looking at Reddit or looking at YouTube and seeing other people doing what I want to do and, and me being a, an arrogant jerk and saying like, I could do that. I could get there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, but I don't know if that's a healthy no, motivation, but that's what it does for but, me. But no, no matter the uh, emotion you feel, it definitely uh, invokes in action. It spurs you to do something. At the, I think that that's a wonderful thing too. I, I, I think in, in, this can be said for about competitive sports. People, Anger is a very, very dangerous emotion. <laughs> I have, I have definitely experienced it firsthand myself, um, and it's very, very frightening for me. Um, but I definitely see the individuals that are motivated by it that can channel it into something very, very powerful. And it makes me think of all the esports athletes that really can't think of anything else but their respective game that they play, mm-hmm. and they they deal with the intensity of competitive sports, and they are just pushed and pushed uh, by it to basically seek out new and new and heights. And maybe that could have been their individual catalysts um, to be able to handle the flame of all the criticism around them and to be able to channel their own standards and frustration and be able to be able to ascend to something that they they weren't before um it it, it's tough i think we're motivated by many different things many different emotions um and to anybody who deals with their own anger um it is a natural emotion you know some people have like that natural capacity to deal with it better than others but if you can find any sort of way to channel it into something good um that is definitely a beautiful beautiful thing um and I, I would say to you, um, if you're not feeling entirely sure about how you feel motivated by something, I still think that's a good thing. Um, I, I think that every type of action in, in life in the world is going to have a reaction. And it's not going to be always clean cut like the next person's receiving it. So however you receive things in your own way, uh, Ben, you know, um, as long as it is the right thing in your mind, that's the important part, I think. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, that, some good advice. That that could that could be the difference between someone starting something and someone not starting anything at all. Um, so don't feel about 
so don't feel bad exactly about the own methodology if it sparks the own uh, emotions that don't line up with how other people receive it. Because you, you never know. It, it could be the same emotions that other people um, have gone through, but they just are not as vocal about it. You're obviously broadcasting it yourself to an audience, and we're talking about it publicly. But um, I always think about that emotional journey when it comes to accomplishing something great, right? And um, there, there's there's uh, there's definitely uh, pictographs or there's definitely like rep visual representations of this emotional journey. But everyone I've seen so far has that one point where you're just sinking into that dark swamp of despair. And this is where, like, you know, you have the uh, the quoted expletives, people literally cussing their, their brains out, thinking there's no point in going forward. And then there's the other end of it where they said, wow, I don't know. I didn't know this was possible. That dark swamp of despair down there, we have so many people have been there before. I've been there before. Um, and I think if you continue to, uh, you know, uh, pursue what you believe in and what you enjoy, there's a chance you might go back there. I might go back there myself. Um, but as long as you know that there is a way out, that there is a way out, there's a way forward. It doesn't always appear to be clear, but it surfaces in time if you truly do believe it's going to be there, I think. Um, so just keep that in mind, okay? <laughs> well, thank you. Um, are, do you have any like physical or mental exercises that you do personally to keep yourself healthy, uh, to keep yourself from descending back into that swamp? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Last uh, year. Well, so I guess we'll talk about the pandemic a little bit. I was actually at a point where I was going to the gym five days a week. Wow. Um, and I was one of those people that had that motivation. I understood that as soon as I set my foot into the gym, I could do it because I was there. I was in the zone. So I'm definitely wired as one of those individuals. And I was working on different muscle groups. I was understanding uh, the importance of compound exercises and individually training specific muscle groups. And I still have so much to learn, too, in terms of diet and resting and the, the growth process and the working on my figure. But I was really getting indulged by it. I, I definitely was learning something new every day in the community there um, because it was a YMCA. It was such a friendly group of people. Um, and there were people looking out for me if they felt like, I wasn't being able to hold the weight I was benching because I was like, obviously, you know, giving out those grunts, you know, I was, I was getting into it. Right. You know, um, because obviously that's natural when you're trying to go ahead and bench press, you know, uh, like maybe 150 for like a skinny guy like me, you know? Um, but it was very humbling. It's so enlightening. And to say to myself, okay, well, I can't go because the world's a bit different right now. Right. Um, that definitely, that definitely hit me quite a bit. Yeah. And have you, have I, you I tried can to try get to that level yeah. at home with a, with some sort of uh, exercise? I, I, I've tried a little bit. The motivation isn't the same. And I can, mm -hmm. I can understand that I'm not going to be the only person who has this type of issue, you know, because the, the, the um, gym is such a different environment. It gets you into a different mindset. It gets you away from what you're normally dealing with and to a zone where you can focus on maybe one individual thing. Um, and I've tried and I've, I failed and I'm still trying and I have obviously some equipment for exercises like pull-ups and such like that. I have resistance bars and all that. Um, and I'm trying to see if I can pick up some free weights. Um, so I think if things continue the way they go, I'm going to continue trying to see if I can get into my own zone in my own apartment. 
uh, which has the space, but I just need the mental mind frame to do it. Yeah. Um, so physically, I, I definitely think I have a lot to improve, and I'm not going to lie about that. I definitely think I could improve quite a bit. I want to. I, I want to take my health more seriously because I understand the the health risks of sitting in a chair so much because yeah. I feel like that maybe concerns my family. And my father talks to me about that all the time too because uh, my my father knows that what I do and um, I do sit a lot, so I have to work on that a lot. Um. Should I uh, wrap up the physical part before I talk about the mental part, or do you want to? You say can talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, so the mental part, um, mentally, uh, this year I've tried to be a little bit more, bit more practical in what I want to improve in because mm-hmm. I feel like it, it, when it comes to positivity, it's such a broad topic. Oh, be positive. Just be positive. <laughs> don't don't worry. Be happy. Oh, don't be sad. Just be smiles and sunshine. And everything will be okay. That's much easier said than done, right? Hundred um, percent. And I thought that, like, with my natural like optimism, that everything would be okay, and I can pretty much just impro- improvise everything. But League of Legends and just trying to stream and entertain others in the game has definitely burnt me out to the point where I took that break last year because I just felt. That wasn't me, my own standards. And I just feel like that I couldn't naturally feel the energy that people really enjoyed me for. And if I wasn't, if, if I was going to be stumbling towards cynicism or just being grumpy or just not being 100% me, I was afraid and fr- uh, frightful that my audience might just leave and they think that I've changed into a person that, you know, may, you know, may never revert to his original self. Um, so this year I've practiced the concept of stoicism and anybody doesn't know what the definition of stoicism is basically a sense of unwavering, uh, uh, resilience to what's happening around you to be able to, to endure, um, the difficulties of life without, um, you know, to being, uh, without stumbling and faltering and et cetera, et cetera, obviously not being emotionless or a robot, but to be, to be able to have the, the strength to endure um, the many difficulties about what what's happening around you, of course, um, and it's such a uh, pleasant term for me to to think about to say out loud. Stoicism, stoicism. Uh, I eventually, I, at one point uh, when I was younger, I, I actually said it incorrectly. I said like stoicism, and <laughs> correctly, you know, stoicism, Riss, It's stoicism, um, and it's with spelled with two eyes, one before the C and one after the C. I'm like, okay, great. Um, <laughs> but the more I ended up, the more I ended up saying it. Um, because another thing that I like to say is self-affirmation, right? Um, if I'm in a difficult League of Legends game and I know the odds are against me, my audience will often recall me saying, ah, a test of stoicism this game I see. I'm not just saying that just for the concept of saying that. I'm saying it for my own self-affirmation as well. I need to bring it to the forefront of my mind. I need to put it into my plate. This is what I'm focusing on first. This game is testing my resolve. It's testing my stoicism. I even changed my summer name to a test of stoicism at one point I because <laughs> i i just un- i understand the concept of an immediate reminder that's right there in my front my my frontal vocal uh site um yeah it's uh pretty <laughs> it's pretty crazy how a reminder can carry you so far um but yeah practicing concepts um like not freaking out about small things that can be corrected or remedied um, not freaking out about like little things that are temporary and can pass. For example, like losing one game of solo queue. If you want to put that into practice, that's okay. That's perfectly fine. I'm doing that myself. So even if it doesn't translate to the concept of stoicism, because that's not what you want to practice, if it, can, if it translates to something like maybe taking a break, 
not being a solo cube warrior and spamming 10 games without a break, without getting a um, segment to go ahead and get a beverage or a drink of water or to maybe take a shower, go for a walk or something, um, that is valid. That should be encouraged. That should be nourished. And talk to your friends about that too. I've been talking to my friends about my own aspirations. I talk to my audience about stoicism. It, it's not something that is a part of me forever. It's something that I want to continue working on and practicing. So um, to answer your question, yes, I am still to this day practicing things to make me more resilient as a person because the world is getting tougher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not getting easier for me to be the type of, uh, you know, to be the type of uh, endeavoring person that I am. Um, I, I know it's a rough road ahead of me. So uh, if I have to reinvent myself and add new things to my life to be able to support the positivity I want, then so be it. It's, it's been a journey, and I'm learning a lot of new, uh, new things too. So I highly encourage anybody to do the same. There's nothing wrong about growing on uh, something you want to be or you think you can be, even if it entertains the possibility. And also remember, too, that you have no obligation to be the person you were five minutes ago. You know, you write your own story. Nobody else. That's great. That's actually super empowering, I think. Um, Especially like in a world where people are so afraid to be seen as different than they were because they don't want to be called out as like a hypocrite. They don't want to be called out as as not being, being a fake person. Like, like you said, it's, it's, you're not beholden to your past self. If you want to change something about yourself for better, then make that change because that's, that's your only, you're only responsible for your own actions. So. And it can be really difficult to admit that you were wrong and to (laughs) acknowledge that you went astray. Um, And uh, I I think about one of my favorite superhero movies, uh, which is uh, Days of Future Past um, by X-Men. That's a good one. I just watched that the other day. You did? Yeah, it's a great movie. And... Like, there was just some, we're gonna spoil this, of course, right? All right, spoiler <laughs> like warning. Years old. Old. <laughs> spoiler warriors. Oh my god, yeah. But it, honestly, still, like, I would encourage anybody to watch it if they're into superhero movies. But it's like, oh, it's so great. But just when Professor Xavier is talking to his past self when he's in a really dire moment and he's lost all hope, and to have um, the older Professor Xavier, of course, say, just because somebody stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean that they're lost forever uh, that that hit me so hard um because that's that's what we do as humans we stumble and we do lose our way and we feel like that that one great person that we were in the past that was capable of so much good we're not we're not meant to have that back yeah and i feel like that's the point where i've been uh, you know many times in my life and um i've stumbled and i've lost my way but it doesn't mean i'm lost forever and it doesn't mean that you're lost forever either um yeah, it's actually really, really crazy how you were, uh, saw the movie the other day too. Because yeah, they they oh just added God, it to so um to Disney Plus. So I've been watching through all yeah. the X Men um because I I liked X Men growing up, but I never was like it, it didn't strike me as much as like maybe other Marvel movies did. So I wanted to revisit them. Yeah. Um, I, I and think, they're good. Like, they're fun it, movies. Yeah, they are. They're fantastic. I'm such a big fan of the MCU. Um, but it's quotes like that that can hold so much meaning that I think what has gotten to my obsession of inscribing certain quotes on wristbands because I, I love co- collecting quotes as a little bit of a side hobby because like um, not only they're attributed to famous historical figures that have said that have had so much impact over the world, but they've also shared very, very powerful quotes that hold um, 
very, very powerful meanings. Like one of my favorite historical figures of all time, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., um, my favorite quote um, by him is, uh, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. And I have that on one of my wristbands, and I wear that from time to time. And that is a quote that is less than 100 words, uh, but holds so much meaning. It's, it's just so crazy, like, the, the brevity of, like, meaning and words can just hold so much value. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe in an alternate life, I would have been a l- literature, you know, major or something like that. But um, <laughs> I, I love seeking out little bits of knowledge that can hold so much, you know, meaning. It can be really, really enlightening. It can only be sparked by just a, just a short phrase, you know. Obviously, inspiration comes from so many different places, of course, but um, whether it be the past or in the future or presently. But um, it's just crazy where you can find inspiration. You some, Sometimes it can be the silliest thing that just uh, spawns so much awe and wonder, right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Life, life is definitely something very strange. I don't think it really matters what is giving you inspiration as long as it drives you. Like, it can be from something silly. It can be from something very serious, yeah. like an MLK quote. Yeah. Um, it doesn't, who cares? As long as you're getting it out of it, that's all that matters, especially if you can share it with other people. Right. Um, it's all about that interpretation. You know, uh, like mm-hmm. they say, beauty is a. Uh, in the eye of the beholder that there's no remark without an observation right it's all about how you interpret things your own viewpoint what you see through your two eyes and ears yeah so i know that you're really into streaming like streaming is a big part of your life um but i just wanted to ask if if there was anything that you maybe not now but maybe in the future Mm -hmm. that you wanted to focus on outside of streaming what would those be any hobbies activities just things that you would put on some level of, of importance to yourself other than in improving your streaming life. Yeah. Um, so I've thought about that a bit too. Yeah. Cause my audience asks me about what else I do in my life too. in terms of occupation and stuff like that, sometimes people think, Oh, um, or ask, Hey, is Rissa a full-time streamer? Do you do anything else for uh, your life nor income and stuff like that? Um, I have those things on my mind a lot. And um, this comes down to the topic of like what I'm good at and what I may not be good at and a discovery of everything in between. Um, Like I know people like my voice and I love the great effort that people do to bring fictional characters to life. So um, I'm going to be trying to explore maybe some sort of narration in the future Um, because that recent uh, novel that was published by Riot Games um, featuring Garen, of course, I'm like, Uh of course I got to jump on that. I actually read the first chapter to my audience um, because it was only allowed to read the first chapter because of legalities and all that matter, uh, all that jazz. Um, but narrating that and trying to uh, encompass the like the personality of all the other characters, even th- in a blind read, that was actually really fun for me. Um, so I'd love to see if I can get into like maybe narration and uh, voice acting, even if it was for something silly and very simplistic, like maybe a work uh, work training program or something like that. Um, who who knows what I'll be doing the scrap up money in the future, of course, but. Um, I, I, I want to say one thing, though, and I don't know if I would ever be able to do it, but I would love to narrate my own documentary someday. Like, <laughs> when, when, I, when, I, when I see, what, like, what would the topic Earth, like, it, could, it, could, it could be something, like, educational purely, um, like, maybe something historical, uh, something that relates to me myself. I, obviously, I would want to be attuned with what I'm narrating. If I'm mm-hmm. going to be narrating the history of the Burger King Corporation, when I almost <laughs> never eat Burger King myself, I'm not going to be fully invested in that, you know. Um, to be able to um, 
narrate maybe an a exotic species or maybe my favorite animal, which is the ocean sunfish, which has the scientific name Mola Mola, by the way. And I don't know why they called it the Mola Mola, but it's just downright amazing that they call it the Mola Mola. Um, that would be really cool. So I would have to be invested in the topic, of course, myself. Um, if it's a learning experience for me, too, then by all means, sign me up. If, it, if it's something I want to truly learn about, if I can learn with my audience, that'd be great, too. I, I, it'd be obviously like a labor of love for me, of course. So, I mean, the topic the selection could be pretty broad. Who knows? Maybe, um, maybe it's not going to be that all great and uh, glorious for me. Maybe I'll just go ahead and take whatever opportunity I can get. Just say, hey, I did, I did narrate this one documentary. <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, the history of the Ticonderoga pencils. Yes, you can find it at your respective uh, Netflix Redbox. There's I think, 20 copies I think available that, in it, by the way. I think you have uh, um, a very unique voice and a very, very strong speaking style. So I think that's definitely something that is an option. Um, and that actually leads sort of into this question that I had written down that I wasn't really planning on asking because um, I feel like we've already talked a lot about it. But if you did see yourself like exiting or at least deprioritizing the live streaming world, um, what do you what would you want to transition into um and the things i had written down that i thought you may be interested was like a a content consultant or like a producer or something along that lines but talking about this narrating thing i think that's a that's a great thing to look into as well i i uh i've thought i've thought about it a good uh, i've i thought about it a good amount myself um i i try i try writing down a list in my head about what i like Mm-hmm. Um, I like being able to make other people laugh, even though I, I don't feel like I'm the funniest person, but somehow I end up getting those j- jokes out that end up cracking a smile and people say GDI wrist, you know, with the XD. <laughs> um, I like helping people. I, I like helping people improve. Um, I, I've thought about in the past, like maybe like being a life coach. I, I, I feel like to be able to call yourself like a life coach would be a tremendous uh, mental battle because who hasn't? dealt yeah. with difficult things in life who hasn't suffered like what what point do you get to in your life where you can say okay i'm a certified life coach now somebody go ahead and call me let's set up an appointment i'm gonna help you through the good stuff like i i don't know how certain life coaches would do it um but i sometimes entertain the thought in my head that, that maybe one day i would get to a point where i can say hey maybe i can help someone out, out else with their life so i would love to help some i would love to help other people I, no matter what it would be i would like to help others um, I would want to be more charitable. If, if I had uh, the option to like not worry about finances, I would love to be more charitable and to just do more things without asking for help in return. But in terms of career, um, I, I guess my voice does definitely carry a lot of carry a lot of options as well. Um, I don't think I'm going to be doing magic or stand up comedy or anything of the <laughs> sort. That's for certain. Um, you know, I know my audience jokes with me. Hey, hey, when's Jimmy Fallon retiring, guys? You know, you risk kids suffer no problem. They won't even know it's they won't even know it's a different person. He's literally Jimmy Fallon. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll get my own talk show host. Um, I, although I do have, I have joked around my grandma too that I, uh, I could be like maybe a game show host, like um, obviously uh, when uh, the old host retires for uh, Wheel of Fortune, I would love to take that show over. Um, so oh, Pat Sajak, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, awesome. yeah, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be on television, but um, maybe, maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's the thought that I just don't know. Maybe that's also equally exciting, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not having that planned out is going to be the thing that 
allows me to just continue focus on the present. I know everyone likes having a plan in life. People like having the XYZ set up, maybe their 401k for retirement, all that jazz. Um, I, I am still trying to take things one day at a time because that's all I can manage as a person, really. Um, yeah. But I'm holding on. Life is kind of a voyage. I'm holding on to the mast. And I'm going to eventually, hopefully, see my own little island of happiness someday, whatever it holds and whatever I do. So okay. hopefully that answers that. <laughs> I yeah. think it does. And um, I think I want to wrap things up because we've been going for a while now. And I want to hold you off to your stream too much longer because I know you do actually want to play on stream tonight. But I want you to be the first recipient of these these sort of questions that I want to end uh, some of my podcasts with because I think that um, if I have the ability to give you the platform to shout other people out. Um, I think I, I want to like see that go somewhere. So I wanted to ask you, um, mm -hmm. who are some people that inspire you to be better and, and inspire you to be a better creator, to be a better person? Um, and I want you to be specific <laughs> because I'd love to hear. Specific. Yeah. Okay. I, I'd like, to, I'd like to hear who, uh, who you think of when you want to be a better person. All right. Um, so I think I do a really good job enjoying my late games, but there's this one person, and I'm pretty certain you guys know in chat. There's this one streamer who has a very, very high rank who uh, is known for something called the Inting Zion. And this guy um, just, no matter what type of game he's doing, he's like, he's constantly smiling, <laughs> laughing off his deaths, and just honestly providing such a genuinely good time that it feels like it's to the point of being in. in uh, infectious um and that's and that's the boss ffs um he's a high-ranking uh scion uh gragas uh player he plays a few other champions from time to time but that's his top two i think um and he like i i think him i think he enjoys the game more than almost any other content creator <laughs> and he's definitely super super annoying. like i feel like i have a good regiment of enjoying the game myself but when i look at him i'm like okay that guy is just loving his time playing League of Legends. And it's so cool that he gets to share that. So, um, again, his name is The Boss uh, FFS. I don't even know if I'm saying his name correctly, actually. Um, <laughs> but, you know, anytime he dies, he says, oh, oh, that was a good death. Or, uh, what a disaster. And, you know, obviously he's got a really, really cultured accent. But, you know, his audience loves him. He, he, he His audience memes it up. Um, it, it's just such a great thing. And he's getting recognition, too. He got into, he had to fight to get into the League Partner Program, and I couldn't be happier for the guy. Um, and he's a solo queue warrior. He uh, almost uh, keeps all of his content in high-low. Uh, and I really, really respect that because I, I, I acknowledge how easy it is to make content by just queuing up onto an account where it's not your uh -huh. actually ranked. And you're just trying to uh, ruin the experience for other players yeah. by just creating a game with you get 30 kills. So he's really great, too. Um, I also want to acknowledge um, probably uh, Manco, um, who is a Teemo Jungle player. This might be someone in your alley there, Ben. Teemo <laughs> uh -oh. Jungle. Ever thought about Teemo Jungle before? Um, I have. And every time I think about it, I try to just beat that bit down and me a little bit. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the guy has actually gotten challenged of doing it. Um, wow. And somehow he's made the magic happen. But um, as I know with him personally, he is a person who has also struggled with his own um, bouts of negativity and his own personal toxicity in the past. And he said to himself at some point, you know, I want to do better. I want to try to be a better person. And he's gone through his own emotional journey. Um and him and his girlfriend, uh, Miss Piece of Cake, are just such wonderful per uh, people. They've organized a organized um, League of Legends stream team. Well, mainly uh, 
attributed to League of Legends. It's called Team PMA, and it features a uh, astounding cabinet of League of Legends players that want to uh, be above the normal notion that you just only have to be toxic in League. That's the only option for you. And it, it's been a growing cast of uh, people. I've been having uh, meetings with them and just interacting with all of them. It's been so great and encouraging to be able to bounce off ideas and to be able to resonate with people who think the same way as I do. Um, so I have to thank those two um, for basically corralling all those people because I think I think positivity um, has to be nourished and protected, but not by yourself, but other people too. So I always think of them like as two... Um, like two grand organizers for like an orphanage for all those distraught and lost out positive streamers out there because i feel like i feel bad for any positive content creator out there that just doesn't have anybody to relate to and all of their friends and peers are just being negative so one day they say you know what everyone else is doing it i just want to fit in and yeah. they just accept that lifestyle right and that kind of like makes me a bit sad to think about um yeah so it's definitely a positivity orphanage i know man co might probably uh beat me in the head for saying that but i kind of view it that way <laughs> thank yeah, you so, I, so I much oh guys. sorry sorry go ahead yeah. no no uh, i think that's pretty much all i wanted to say without going uh, over yeah well, thank you again uh this was a great conversation thank you again risty if you want to check out what risty does he streams on twitch a lot uh twitch.tv slash risty it's r-i-s-t-e uh you can check him out yeah. on twitter at risty band uh i wanted to thank him for coming on the show today agreeing to come on the show even though there was pretty much no uh, incentive for him to do it. He took the time out. He was a great guest. Talked for almost uh, two and a half hours about League of Legends, Twitch streaming, all sorts of stuff. So I wanted to thank him again for coming on the show. And uh, if you were interested, if you weren't already a follower of Risty, go check him out on Twitch. Go check him out on Twitter. He uh, does a lot of cool stuff. And I hope that you enjoy his content. Um, in that vein, if you enjoy the live stream, if you like Dev Dive, um, Check us out. We stream live every Wednesday-ish um, at in the evenings. Times change uh, at twitch.tv slash Nighthawk20,000. If you can't catch us live but you want to watch the videos, I upload the VODs to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Nighthawk20,000. They go up pretty much the night of. Um, and if you don't like to watch, you can always listen on audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any other podcast platform. We're all on there. So. Give those a listen. It's Dev Dive. Pretty easy to find. We finally reached um, some sort of SEO where people can actually find us if they search up the podcast. So that's very empowering for me. Um, and if you want to join in the community of uh, my community, it's discord.gg slash Nighthawk. And we uh, talk about a lot of different stuff. And that's pretty much where all the podcast news flows through. So if you're looking for what our future guests may be, if you want to suggest topics to talk about on the show, or if you just want to talk to me about how I do the podcast and how maybe you can get into it yourself, um, just join that discord.gg slash Nighthawk and I'd be glad to talk to you. Uh, and if you don't want to do any of those things, thank you for coming out and watching or listening or doing whatever you are. And I really appreciate you guys. And I hope you have an excellent evening. Take care. <laughs>